the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Uh, you know, the Asian peninsulas has been North Korea. I mean, daddy was a was a was a jerk. Son is a jerk. That case. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, but now Un says, hey, look, I'm willing to give up my nuclear ambitions if the if the uh, United States won't attack me. So pardon me if I'm one of those guys that don't believe this guy as far as I can throw him. And I don't believe, even though he's short, I still don't believe I could throw him very far. So I called up uh, our folks at Regnery uh, Publishing, asked if we could get Stephen Mosher on today. He's the author of Bully of Asia. He wrote a book about China. If you uh, talk about North Korea, you got to talk about China as well. Val Emmons is here in the studio with us. And let's see if we can get, I think I got Stephen on with me. Do we got him on? Yep. Okay, Steve. Uh, I'm here, Dave. I'm glad that you're here. I, I have to ask, what are your views of this? I mean, are you like me and John Bolton? I don't believe this guy for a moment yet. Mm-mm. Oh, I, I absolutely don't take uh, don't take what he says at, at face value. He would say and do anything, of course, to... Uh, to stay in power, he would kill anybody who gets in his way if he had the means to do so. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, the the uh, the landscape is shifting around him. You know, there there are tectonic shifts in the world today, and they're being brought about by none other than Donald J. Trump. It's it's Trump's toughness that's gotten us this far, because instead of bribing North Korea to suspend its weapons programs, which we tried, what, two or three times in the last 25 years, He's, he's choking it with ever-tightening sanctions. And, of course, choking China along with it because the sanctions hit China as well as North Korea. And I'll tell you what, Kim doesn't care if millions of his own people starve to death. Uh, what, a third of the country is malnourished now on the verge of starvation. But he does care when he can't keep the lights on in Pyongyang, when his uh, you know, the, the few thousand elite members of North Korean society, the people he wines and dines, don't have gas to, to fuel their cars. Uh, aren't able to get the latest movies from uh, from the West because uh, because that, that that trade has been cut off. Yeah, that 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 really begins to uh, to hurt him where he lives. And yeah. I think he is hurting. Yeah, Lord knows you don't want the elites not being able to see the Avengers: Infinity Wars. You know, <laughs> when that happens, bad things can happen to you all of a sudden. You know, you might fall down the stairs and break your neck or something. It could happen. It could happen. Yeah, you don't want to make the people mad that you've uh, you've pampered for all these years. Yeah, uh, the yeah, generals absolutely. in the army, for example, the heads of the Korean Workers Party, uh, which is all about partying and nothing about workers. Um, so you know, we've got. I mean, we've got we got Trump now uh, going to meet with dictator Kim, Little Rocket Man. I still like that term. I'm going to continue to use it. Uh, this is like Nixon going to China. Um, <laughs> In, in 1973 and and changing the strategic landscape. This is going to change the strategic landscape in the world. It's going to help us. If we can solve, uh, if we can denuclearize North Korea, uh, we can solve the Iranian problem. 
Uh, we can set China back on its heels. We can we can we can push push Russia back. I mean, this this is a major major realignment if if it can happen. And if anybody can make it happen, I think it's uh, Donald Trump and his new team, uh, John Bolton over at the National Security Council, and of course uh, Mike Pompeo as uh, Secretary of State. That's got to be the most hardline group I've ever seen since Reagan's first term. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, – I'm actually convinced now that he's got a better cabinet than uh, President Reagan had. Now, I, I was a great admirer of President Reagan. We we worked together to cut off funding to the uh, population control programs around the world, cut off funding to the U.N. Population Fund, do pro-life work around the world. I wrote some speeches for him after he left office. But I'll tell you what, uh, Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, John Bolton as uh, National Security Advisor, uh, this is this is a tough trio. And if anyone can convince Little Rocket Man to give up his dangerous toys and reconcile him to living out his life, however long or short that is, with his southern neighbors in peace, it's going to be it's going to be this group. Yeah, I I would agree with you at that. But uh, you know, as I've watched. You know, Un get out and say the things that he's had to say. I've seen, uh, I haven't heard much from Pompeo, but, I mean, Bolton has been, you know, you can't take anything this guy says for being the truth. He's lied time and time and time again. And the president didn't say it that way. He just said, we'll see what we see. Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to, he said multiple times, and you've got to believe him that he would do the same thing. Uh, if the meeting with Kim isn't going the way he likes, if if uh, Kim starts to backpedal on this idea, he's really going to give up his nukes. Uh, then 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 uh, President Trump will do the same thing that President Ronald Reagan did at the famous meeting in Reykjavik, Iceland, uh, when he met with Gorbachev. And Gorbachev said, "You know, you want uh, you want good relations with the Soviet Union. You've got to give up Star Wars. You've got to give up your missile defense system." And Reagan said, "We're out of here," and he just left. And, um, of course, Gorbachev knew that uh, that, that uh, the days of the Soviet Union were numbered. It collapsed a couple of years later. Yeah, so you tell me what you think, Steve. What what was the big turning point, do you believe, for Un? Was it, was it that, you know, that uh, the president did what he said? I personally think that last strike on Syria was more of a message to Iran and to North Korea then it was an attack on Syria. What's your what's your thoughts about that? Well, I think it certainly had you know reverberations outside of the borders of Syria. Uh, Kim Jong Un knows that if negotiations don't do well, he can he will wake up one morning and find his uh, his nuclear and missile toys a smoldering ruin, and uh, that will that will not have gained him anything. Uh, the other factor here, I think, is the pressure that we put on China. Um, you know, we're, we're we're putting a lot of pressure on China, not just over North Korea. But we're helping, uh, encouraging Japan to build up its military. They'll be buying F-35s and more modern weapons from us. We're building up South Korea's military. We're helping Taiwan build up a fleet of submarines. Uh, we're helping India. Uh, all around China's periphery, uh, China sees the United States firming up its relationships with its allies, longstanding allies, democratic countries that share our values and institutions, and tightening the noose around China. And it's really a, a full-court press on China. And I think China turned around and went to Kim Jong-un and said, you know, we don't need you playing your little missile games right now. Uh, we're going to have to set back our plan. China has a plan called Project 2035, a grand scheme to build China into the strongest uh, economic and military country in the world by 2035. I think that uh, 
President Xi Jinping of China said to Kim Jong-un, now we're going to have to push back our plan because we've got this new player on the board. Uh, we've got President Trump, and the American economy is starting to boom. The American military is building up. And so, you know, we don't need a confrontation now with the United States that we might well lose. So yeah. I think pressure from Washington, pressure from Beijing uh, got him caught in the middle. What do you think, uh, Trump, how Trump is going to react now uh, with China? Because they keep, you know, flexing their muscles you know, getting there, getting out into the South China Sea and, and uh, you know, giving them a, a military parade on, on the water uh, towards Taiwan and things of that nature. I got to believe that the president's not going to put up with that much longer. No, I think it's an amazing, uh, it's amazing land grab, sea grab, actually. You know, you claim the entire South China Sea would be like the United States claiming the entire Caribbean as its sovereign territory, and then building artificial islands in the middle of it and building military bases on those artificial islands. Uh, it's an incredibly aggressive thing to do. It, it, it cannot be allowed to, to stand. And I think all of China's neighbors see that, and they see China's aggression in against India up in the, uh, the Himalayas. They see uh, uh, China building up military bases in, in Sri Lanka and Djibouti and Africa. And, uh, you know, people are sitting back and saying, you know, we kind of like the world under a benevolent American uh, leadership. Uh, we might not like the world so much under a dominant Chinese hegemony. So uh, I think China is, is raising, raising alarms against itself. I think it's working uh, counterproductively against its own interests by being too aggressive. Well, I, I got one more question before we go to a break, and then we'll finish up our discussion. But I've, I've read many an article here recently over the last five years or so that the uh, Communist Party in China, is, if they really want to see, quote, world dominance, and that's what they want, uh, they've got to move pretty quickly because the, the people of their country are starting to get a little bit of taste of freedom. And, uh, you know, the, maybe the Chinese Party is not going to be around for much longer. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it, it's a situation in China today where we have someone who is consciously modeling himself on Mao Zedong. Xi Jinping is the new Chairman Mao, and we have to remember that Chairman Mao is one of the great mass murderers of human history, right up there with Stalin and Hitler and the rest. Well, was it was uh, did, did, Mao did. did Mao kill four hundred million people? Is it that about right? Well, if you if you add together all the people who starved to death, all the people he killed outright, and and the victims of uh, of, of all of his campaigns, including the Civil War, yeah, he's up there in the hundreds of millions. Yeah, that's what that's what I understood, and it just amazes me to this day. As a baby boomer, it still is a is a a, por- a point of of making me feel bad. All of those those uh, university students running around with those little red books that just today even blows my mind yeah they're they're uh, they're now being forced to read xi jinping's uh, collected works just as they were forced uh, years ago to read mao zedong's collected works the university students aren't yet ha- waving the little uh, white book of uh, xi jinping around but that that may be coming yeah if you, we'll come back and okay. val's got a yeah. question for you when we come back i got to get a break in stay with us uh, we've got more to talk about, about North Korea. If you talk about North Korea, you got to talk about China. You talk about China, you got to talk about North Korea. They are joined at the hip, and I'd say probably they're Siamese twins. Uh, more coming your way here in just a moment. Dave Ellswick Show, 
here on 101.1, The Answer. All right, Steve uh, Mosher is our guest. Uh, he's written a book about China. And uh, Val, you had a question. Well, I mean, I was just going to add to it. Whenever you said Mao Zedong, that's, this is exactly how I saw it. Whenever Chairman um, Ping said that he was going to remain, I mean, you know, when, when, the, when, the, when the party right, said, when the party you, said can you can stay as long as you want. want. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. This is like history repeating itself. Yeah, he's in office forever. Uh, they put in place a, a two five-year term limit after Chairman Mao because uh, Deng Xiaoping, the previous ruler of China, uh, didn't want another Mao emerging. Well, that's exactly what's happened now. Right. And he's doing exactly what Mao did. But he's actually more powerful than Mao because Xi Jinping is not only the president of the country, which is his least important position, he's also the the chairman of the military commission. That is, he's the generalissimo in charge of the army. But his most important position is he's the general secretary, uh, what they can now call the chairman, of the Chinese Communist Party. So all roads lead to Xi. He's got all of the reins of power in his hands. And so what does that – so I know that – I know you've, you've written this book about China's dream, but one of the things that I have no um, – or that I've been watching is that China actually wants the – is it the, the Ying – or no, the yin, the yin. I was thinking Ken Yang. The, 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 the yin to be the, the yen, yeah, yeah, to be the world currency. And yeah, that, that's frightening yeah. for us because then we, like, it's easier for us to pay back our money if it's in dollars. But when it, if it ever became the yin. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, if we had to pay it back, we could do just like the Chinese do. We could say, well, we think today it's worth this much. <laughs> Well, that's what they do. That's, that's what they do over there. Market. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm more inclined to say, you know, you've stolen $600 billion of intellectual property from us last year. So we're going to deduct that from the amount of money that we owe you and pay you back the difference. There we go. Uh, yeah. The, the theft of intellectual property, the, the espionage, the stealing, uh, the forced transfer, all of that is, is, is very serious. But you know what? The other thing that Xi Jinping is doing is he's clamping down on, on religious activity in China. He's closing down churches. He's made yep. home churches illegal. He's arresting pastors and priests. He's uh, tearing down, uh, well, he's tearing down mosques in the western part of the country. He's collecting Bibles. It is now illegal to sell a Bible online in China. That's a new regulation. It's now illegal to take your children to church with you. Uh, they've closed down the Christian summer camps, the, uh, the, the catechism classes, the, the Bible schools. All that is going by the wayside because uh, she is determined to stamp out Christianity in China. And uh, he won't be able to, but he'll, he's certainly going to try, and a lot of people are going to suffer in the process. Do you think he'll do like Mao and try to get the kids uh, the young people to follow him like he Mao did himself and have these these young people attacking their teachers, attacking their parents. Do you think that that's part of the future for China again? Well, that was that was uh, the so-called great proletarian cultural revolution. And there was nothing great about it. There was nothing particularly proletarian about it. But it was a cultural revolution because uh, students were required to inform on their own parents and and students rose up and, and, and literally, literally arrested, tied up, beat, and tortured their, 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 uh, their teachers in many cases, often unto death. So uh, I think we're beginning to see in, in China uh, a new uh, cultural revolution. It makes a lot of people in China nervous. 
Uh, and I'll tell you, I just had lunch a couple days ago with three Christian missionaries who were summarily uh, asked to leave China when they were discovered to be uh, in the course of teaching English to lots of eager Chinese students. They were also talking about their Christian faith, mm. sharing their Christian faith, and, and they're now back in the United States, not in China. So the, the screws are tightening on the Chinese people in, in many, many different ways, and, and a lot of that we can't even see from here because we're too far away, and it, it's happening in the dark of night in villages and towns throughout China. I've got uh, 60 seconds left with you, Steve. Let me just ask this. Uh, is the United States shooting any warning shots, so to speak, over the bow of the, the Chinese government saying you got to stop this, this uh, full force of fentanyl coming to the shores of, of America? Um, you know, I, I, I hope that we've been putting pressure on that in them in that regard, uh, more privately than publicly. But that's where the fentanyl is coming from. I believe it's encouraged by the Chinese government as a way of waging a kind of chemical warfare on the American people. Uh, it is also aided and abetted by corrupt uh, communist officials who are on the take and happy to, you know, receive what they call a red envelope of bribe in return for turning a blind eye to this sort of thing. But but that's where the fentanyl comes from, and, and, and that's where the, the supply has to be stopped. Steve, thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure to have you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's do it again here very soon. There's always going to be things to talk about when it comes to the Chinese. I, I couldn't agree more, Dave. All right. We'll get you back on. Thank you very much. That's Steve Mosier. Uh, he is the author of a new book, Bully of Asia. Uh, I'll be. I'll give a co- copy of away right now. If you'd like the copy that I'm sitting over there by Val, I got another copy, Val. I can give you one to replace that one. All you have to do is give us a call, 823-0965, 823-0965, and uh, we'll give you a free copy of the book. Here's the news. Hey, don't forget about my friends over at Safari Pets at 808 West Main in Cabot. Whatever you need for taking care of your pet or plural pets, uh, they have it. I mean, whether it's just one of your normal everyday cats or dogs or whether you've got an exotic pet like, uh, you know, a bearded dragon lizard or maybe you got a, um, what is it, a honey glider, one of those little tiny squirrels that you have in your house and it, you know, flies from one corner of the living room to the other corner of the living room in the evening it doesn't matter what you have uh they uh, can get you what you need for your pet uh so that you'll have it and take care of your pet uh, and keep them well here's the other thing that they do at safari pets and this is the most important one i believe and that is the people who are on the floor and there'll be four or five of them out there on the floor where if you go to one of the big box stores you'll find somebody running the cash register maybe doing one other thing uh if you walk up and need some information about your pet uh if they don't know it they will get it for you before you leave and make sure that you know exactly what you need to have uh for your pet at safari pets 808 west main and cabot their phone number 501-628-0067 or on the internet safari-pet.com so Dave Ellswick show Val is here as well. Uh, I've got her as backup today. She's got my back. She's got my six, as we would say in the military, <laughs> just in case something would go wrong. 
my my uh, new set of denture uh, in my mouth is doing all right right now but it was doing all right when i went to church yesterday and then i went and had lunch and after i did the chewing for lunch everything went sideways and so if it happens today she can come over and sit in this chair and i can go sit in the corner somewhere and cry (laughs) i can go sit in the corner and cry for a while because boy i'll tell you what i think that there's no worse pain than the pain that you have when you you have dental work done on you it just uh, i i i did better recovering from my quadruple bypass than i have from this work they did on my mouth really yeah well last friday, last wednesday they pulled seven teeth they, they took it took them an hour and a half to do the necessary dental work and uh, i didn't understand i still don't understand entirely why they do this but they put the denture in while my mouth was you know still bleeding oh, from wait, the uh, really? yeah from the from the, from them uh, extracting the teeth it, there's the philosophy is they put it in your gums swell up and it forces uh the dentures to form uh to to your uh, your gums and so uh although i had no problem at all until sunday sunday just sun, like was zero hour for all the pain to come on at once you know what really saved my butt though it wasn't the pain pills or anything it was warm salt water. I was getting ready to say, was it the salt? Yeah, getting in and just rinsing my I mouth with it that. Better. It just it, it made my mouth feel a million times better. Of course, I took out the denture and didn't put it back in until this morning when the after dentist did yep. look at me. And uh, you know, Alec uh, Sharp is my dentist, and he did a fantastic job. He's going to join me sometime. I think next uh, next week we're going to get him on here on the Dave Ellswick show and talk to him about. You know, I like to know which is a better way to go. Is it better to go with dentures or or the uh, implants? Right. I know monetarily it's better to go with the dentures. But with the implants, <laughs> they drill the screw in and yeah, they yeah. screw your, to- your yeah. tooth onto that. Onto that, That's yeah. That's got to be painful, too. Well, I'm, I'm sure that it is. I, I didn't know it at the time, but they actually put pieces of bone into the incision and let it connect to the other parts of the bone. They build the bone up where they put that, that titanium screw in. You'd think they'd put magnets up in there. All, here's all I know. <laughs> I think that it would probably be better because it would feel like your normal teeth. You don't have all this other appliance that yeah. the teeth have been put in, and then you put it in, in your mouth. For you guys that and, and ladies who have played sports before, and you know you put the mouth guard in Mm -hmm. that's what it's like that's what it feels like except it feels like it extends back into your mouth because it covers your palate and that that for first couple of days was a little bit irritating to get used to my speech sounds pretty good today sounds really good i didn't it it wasn't so good uh (laughs) it's a little drunk sound yeah yeah Yeah. well yeah well that's because i took one of my pain pills before i went on the air today whoa I didn't know Russ was here now. I was like, wait a minute. That wasn't Steve. Yeah, I mean, I've come for you. He did a really good job of uh, doing a, a Russ impersonation, didn't he? Right? Yeah, he did a really good job. But the bottom line is that uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Put me on the main little camera here, Russ, if you could, and I'll let me look over here. So I'm, there we go. I, I could do this for everybody. Go. Let's see. He's got his chompers. See, you can see him. 
They look really good. They came out really good. Yep. They matched. Just the top, just the top ones, right? That's all they did. This time. I didn't want to do both top and bottom. Bottoms are worse than tops because your your top ones, the natural suction mm-hmm. that it, it creates keeps your, your denture in, but uh, on the bottom you don't have that. And what they had would have had to do is do uh, two tooth. Uh, what do you call it? Canals that they go in root there. Canal? Yeah, two root canals. Yeah, root canals. Two root canals, yeah. And then they put in studs into those, and then they can snap your lower dentures on. So they don't, I wouldn't be talking on the air and my teeth just fall out. <laughs> it's already bad enough no, as I it is. I don't want teeth flying at me. It, no, right, yeah. So. <laughs> and I get upset with something. You, Lower dentures come flying across that shit. I, I agree. You wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want it either, to be honest with you. Mercy. But that that'd be next year probably, because I can only afford one at a time because they're expensive. It's amazing to me how expensive dental work is. I'm um, thank God that you can get it though. I'm thinking I should have been a dentist. Well, here's what I'm thinking. I'm glad that I'm alive now because I can't imagine. If they had back then that kind of like back in the old west when they used to drill on Wooden your teeth, teeth and pull your teeth out, yeah, I mean that had to be a pain. Have you Splinters. ever read? A, did you ever ah. did you ever read about George Washington? Uh, George Washington teeth. No, he had all kinds of. They used the teeth of animals, yeah, to make their false teeth. Oh my god! He had like a that. lion's tooth. He had an elephant I tooth. I did not know that. I thought- yeah, he had. You, if you go ever go to Mount Vernon, they've got them on display, and it's all like wired together. It it looks like animal teeth barbed wire. Oh that's gosh. kind of what it looked like to me. That's why he never smiled. Right. Now that's a true a true story. Now he I'm gonna have to didn't Google that, Dave. Yeah, take a look at them. Do I have a picture of them? They're disgusting. You know, Elizabeth, if you're listening, if you can get a picture of George Washington's false teeth, yeah, put them up for everybody to look at. Man, that had to be painful. I, you know, I think about they hurt last night for me. <laughs> I can only imagine what she just found a picture. That's disgusting, isn't it? Oh my goodness! He used to eat with those. That's why he didn't smile. I wouldn't have smiled either. Me neither. Your mouth had to be just killing you all the time. They're they're like metal plates too. Like yeah, metal. Yeah, like how in the heck? Whoa! <laughs> if you can get that up there, uh, Elizabeth, that would be great. All right, we got a break that we got to get to. When we come back, we'll start picking up uh, some things that we're going to talk about. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Netanyahu today. Big speech today. Uh, they've got tens of thousands of secret files from the Iranians. That it uh, proves and shows other evidence showing that uh, the 2015 Iran nuclear deal is totally based on lies and Iranian deception. Plus, millennial support for Democrats has fallen by nearly 10% over the past two years. I'll tell you about that as well, which uh, I've said all along, I didn't think we'd lose the House with losses like this, I can guarantee you we won't lose the house. So Dave Ellswick show. Thanks for being around. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Back with you. Uh, you know what I had? Uh, we went over to my daughter's house yesterday, had uh, lunch. Uh, Kevin, my son-in-law, uh, barbecued some chicken and some beef brisket, which I couldn't eat any of it, uh, and then some hot dog. And if I 
peeled the skin off the hot dog, <laughs> I, could, hot dog. I could kind of eat it. But I did eat uh, dessert. I had Holland Bottom Farm strawberry shortcake. Mm, yum. And it was so good. God, I love strawberry. It was excellent. I got to go. I, I had cut up a whole plant full of five quarts of strawberries and quartered them and put Splenda. I put Splenda. That way I get by without having the sugar, being mm-hmm. type 2 diabetic. And uh, slide them into the the uh, refrigerator, and then we got home from church. I pulled it out, and now it had sucked all that juice out of those strawberries. It was so good. You know how they're really good? good. Throw them in the freezer for a minute. Uh-huh. Or, you know, until they're froze, and yeah. then take them out and pop them in the microwave for a minute. Throw the Splenda on there. And oh it pulls gosh, it out. Same thing. So good. Yeah. Put a little vanilla ice cream on it. Put a whole bunch of uh, whipped cream. Now I don't get, I don't use uh, you know the whipped cream that they got in the container that you spoon out. You use the it's got, yeah, it's got to yeah, be that one. It's got to be that. that one. And I put a bunch of that on it, and then maybe a scoop of vanilla ice cream on it too. It was so good. I mean, you can't Val, just, you it can't, was so good. <laughs> you can't just pull. I mean, you just can't just pull that whipped cream bowl out and squirt it in your mouth no that's true i'm just saying and if you want to be really disgusting (laughs) about it snort it stick it in your nose Uh, no and just and then take a big as you're doing it dave (laughs) i really don't do we're not we're not we're not little kid we're not david hogg Uh, yeah (laughs) did you see where he didn't even go to the high school he said he went to he went to redondo beach Somebody brought that out yesterday that went to school with him. Seriously? Yeah, California is where he went to school, and he all and and CNN hired him. He's like a, a kind of. Are you work, serious? Like well, How did I miss that? He's like an out of work actor. Was that serious or was that just? No, it's serious. They got the picture from the yearbook of him. Unbelievable. Are you serious? I don't know if CNN knew about it or not, but the kid's an out of work actor. I did know about that. He's about twenty two. He ain't no 18-year-old kid. Really? Yeah, really. Well, you did know he wasn't there when the shooting took place. No, I, I thought he was because they said no. he was videoing. No, was not there. Anyway, it's a, it's it's fake news. Nobody going to call him on it. Hey, well, yesterday he demands Mike Pence cancel the NRA speech. <laughs> That's so stupid. Oh, here's the other thing. I'm liking how the left is because Pence is coming. To the NRA, they will not allow any kind of weapons into the hall where he'll be speaking. Not the NRA. It's the Secret Service who has told the NRA, you can't let anything be in there. We won't let anything. We want it totally, totally devoid. They're taking knives, everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the right saying, see, the NRA doesn't want to protect your kids, but they'll protect the, the vice president. It's not the NRA. If it was up to the NRA, everybody would be in there with their guns. I'll guarantee right. you. I mean, it we is, couldn't. The Secret NRA was, Service told them they could not. Yeah, we were a CPAC. We couldn't have our guns. Although nope. Russ wanted me to bring mine with me to see me get attacked by Secret Service. Was, yeah, we wanted. He was to like, see I want to see him flying at you. Well, <laughs> we wanted to see it happen so we could post it. See what the Secret Service yeah, that does. Definitely the would have been fun to watch. <laughs> I think Val would have enjoyed it way too much. Oh, that's terrible! I'm tackled by Secret Service. That's I don't terrible. think so. No, that but was... no, we. I mean, NRA was there. We couldn't bring them because the president was speaking and Pence was speaking. So 
what, why why would it be any different anywhere else? It's not the NRA. You used to yeah. the service won't let you have a weapon. I, I was even afraid to. I didn't even bring it to the hotel because I, it was on lockdown. Well, when you're dealing that uh, when when you're dealing with everything that's going on when the vice president and president's around. In fact, the president's saying that he may show up at the NRA convention this year and speak to him. And if that happens, if you want to see a lockdown, see how they lock it down for the president. We saw how yeah, they lock did. it down for that the president. That was crazy. People couldn't even, two hours couldn't even get in. Two, a two-mile perimeter around yeah. the venue. Nobody, not even a car could move around. Nope. At that point. You know, they, pretty cool. they do a pretty good job about all that. Although of some stuff. of our speakers, we couldn't get in. <laughs> yeah, my guests couldn't <laughs> some get in. Some of your guests, me. I mean. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. That's the way it is. But it was pretty yeah. fun. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting what's uh, going on about all of this kind of stuff. Uh, I was looking here. Ken Yang is on his way. And uh, he's going to talk to us about a candidate education Um meeting going on sometime this i don't know if it's tonight tomorrow night wednesday night it's going to be down there in the benton bryan area so we'll, we'll get him on next hour and we'll talk to him about it all right so Dave, net, yes we've got your old teeth up on the screen my old teeth yeah yeah those are george washington those are george washington's those are dentures. so crazy that, oh my gosh can you imagine how painful that is if you look at it that's all kinds of different gosh. animal teeth yeah, those are. Uh, it's metal. It's pure like metal. iron. It looks like iron all the way around. No, it just looks hurt. It yeah, looks like and painful. something tells me they didn't put molten iron in his mouth. No, to... but there was probably something. <laughs> I bet there was something inserted up there. I have no idea. That... I don't want anything. What's funny is Val found that they were doing dentures in Egypt- back in Egyptian Egypt- times. Yeah. How's that one? And they for were. You? They had bridges. They, it was just metal, like yeah. wrapped around teeth, but it is like wire. S- still amazing. By the way, if you're watching on uh, Facebook Live right now, Dave Ellswick uh, Show, Facebook.com, Dave Ellswick Show, you can watch uh, the show while it's uh, going on. I've had people say, Dave, you're looking thinner. I've lost 20 pounds here in the last... Because he hasn't been able to eat. Right. Say, no, I haven't been able to eat since Wednesday. I didn't lose 20 pounds in less than a week, but I've lost another three pounds over the, the last week because I've been. Here's what I've been eating: the first day I ate uh, the Jello in the little containers you buy at the store, mm. and uh, I, I had uh, I ate two cans of uh, tomato soup and uh, some uh, pudding. That was my 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 dinner and my supper, and then the next day I ate uh, oatmeal. And I ate uh, small curd, uh, whatever that stuff is called. Cottage cheese. Cottage cheese, yeah. It's kind of like milk that's in between going totally bad and halfway not I grew so up bad. On that cottage cheese. <laughs> so it's good with pineapple. I, hey, I like cottage cheese. Mm-hmm. I, I ate a whole uh, you know thing of it. It's 150 calories. So bottom line is, I've lost three pounds, three more pounds. I hope to lose some more. Uh, if the doc will let me start lifting again, because they won't let me lift right now, because they say your blood clots. Well, what happens is that when you start lifting, you raise your blood pressure, mm-hmm. of course, and he's af- they're afraid that your teeth will start the sockets to start 
bleeding again. They don't want that to happen. So whenever they let me do that, I'll probably dock a few more. My goal is by the end of May to be down to 200 pounds. If I do that, then by by September, Russ, I only need to lose another 10 pounds to make my goal. I want to be to 190. I'm looking. Russ hates this. He hates me to talk about that I'm losing weight. <laughs> look at him. Take a look at him. Just Why? look at him. Just look at him. You're eating a donut? <laughs> look at no. He's not happy. He wants to lose some weight too. Oh. But he doesn't he doesn't have the time to work out like I do. He's always worrying running around taking care of the things that go wrong around this building and out at the transmitter. Now the transmitter's up on the side of the, the mountain, right? That's just one of them. She'll just go climb the mountain several oh, yeah, times. Okay. Do you take care of all the stations now here? Yeah. I didn't know that. So you're doing the OM for, for the uh, you know the fish and uh, for Faith Talk. You know, you're helping out the streets sometimes and all of that, huh? Yep. Well, you should be losing weight just walking up the sides of some of the hills you got to go up on. Well, if I walked up the side of Chanel Mountain, yes, it would be. But I, I, that's that's like a two mile hike right now, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. Okay, so what do you drive? It, it you would drive take far up? too long for me to walk that far. You take a helicopter? No, I drive up the side of it. Oh, it's got a road up there? Yeah, there's a road right up to the gate to the transmitter shack, and then I go to the gate, unlock the gate, drive in, open the door, open another door, open another door, and somewhere in there is a small box. Guess what's going to happen for me today is, of course, Monday on Wednesday. I... We'll have the folks, the good folks over at Sunny's Auto Salvage replacing the motor in my 2009 Corolla. I got a uh, a motor with only 58,000 miles on it. They're going to put it in, and I'm getting a three-year parts and labor warranty with unlimited mileage. Have the car back to me on Friday. That thing's going to run like a brand-new car. I can't wait. They just do a great job, Sunny's Auto Salvage. Number one choice. For using their recycled auto parts, call them, 982-7451. Ken Yang is coming up. I'm going to have a discussion. I, I'm, I'm understanding from a post that he put on Facebook that I should not call him Oriental. I will ask him about that when he joins me next on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, I, let me start off this hour by saying, Shelly Poole, I know you're listening. You want to watch this. The Facebook Live can be a little bit persnickety at times. And we're going to get it back up and running so you'll be able to watch it in its entirety. If you can't see it right now, you can always go back later and watch a a repeat of it if you so desire. I know all these single women that are going to be going back to watch this because they want to see Ken Yang. Of course. <laughs> How you been, man? I had, had you on in a while. It's been a while. You need me. You I've need had you there. on with family council, all yeah, right? Yeah, just with family council, but not as a you know, you, the 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 sane Republican. Yes. The sane. I thought you were insane when I heard that who you, you were supporting back in the in the election. Oh, for president? Yes. Governor Kasich? Yes. I still, I still think that that would be hard for me to get out beyond my lips. I think, pra- <laughs> I think pragmatism still sells, though, uh, I and I think he would have 
uh, demolished Hillary, too. Well, he so. would, I have no doubt about that. It, well. and, if you were running against Hillary and you could not demolish her, you have nothing to say about yourself. All right, I mean that woman was unbelievable. But I, I, I don't like. He's not. I don't consider him pro-life and things of that nature. And that's my problem with him. But just to be clear, un- unlike Governor Casey, I support President Trump. So. Yes, I know you do. <laughs> I understand that you do. But here's the key that's going to be very interesting: is that you now are available to be used by candidates are you not yes and you know politics i do well i like to say that i do um but i think you've proven that you do um but uh, i have a good grasp of statewide politics a good grasp of grassroots politics having been on uh, linda collins smith's campaign scott flippo's campaign blake johnson's campaign things of that sort so uh, and of course, Mark Martin's statewide campaign. Okay, now speaking of Linda Collins Smith, mm-hmm. your thoughts about her campaign this year? Do you think she's going to win? I think she's going to win. I think she will too. Yeah, uh, I think uh, the people she's she's that she's the district's kind of people, if that makes sense. That's you know people like people like Linda Collins Smith mm-hmm. in that district, and uh, and they know that she works hard. And that she stands for uh, their values, and uh, you know this is just all me personally, um, and, and my personal thoughts, and uh, that's you know that's how I think about that. She's race. a good woman, mm-hmm. and she'll tell you Dave Ellswick was not a Linda Collins Smith supporter at the very beginning. I really questioned her hard <laughs> a couple of times because she was a Democrat. Yep. And came across to become a Republican, and I I don't trust any Democrats that what they're saying to no. me it is the happen. truth. Yeah. Well, it did. I know. Except for you too. And uh, but uh, yeah. she showed up one day at one of the meetings, one of the lunches that we had, and I questioned her pretty extensively. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think you know I made a, a speech at a Lincoln Day dinner a few weeks ago, and I was listening to your show. A couple of days afterwards, and I know some people disagree, but uh, you know, my my speech was based on the fact that you know a Republican will always be better than a Democrat, and so let's say what uh, do you hear me say? Yeah. the worst Republican is better than the best yeah. Democrat you can and ever so, find. And so, even if let's say Senator Colin Smith does lose, I think Representative Sturge will be a, a fine fine senator in that seat because he'll be better than the uh, alternative. I don't even know if they I have an alternative. Yeah, I don't even so, know that. So I. Either way, um, you know, I think I think we're good. So. Yeah, unless we're voting on getting rid of special elections. No comment. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> what what brought you about doing this? The the political forum. Well, you know, I work for Family Council, but this has nothing to do with Family Council. Um, but obviously, I work for them, and we do we have a voters guide. And so, I know people outside always want to know about candidates, and the voters guide is something just for really statewide candidates. And so, when you go, and, and we need that. Yes, and so, but when you go into the community, people want to. Well, what does my prosecuting attorney candidate? think what does my Mm -hmm. jp candidate think uh what does what do my local judicial candidates think uh and so we thought in Sullen county i saw that in uh, faulkner county they had a forum with the law cabin democrat and the tea party for the judicial candidates i called shelly i said hey why why don't we do one and we kind of got all the uh, nuts and bolts together and we're having a 
candidate forum, a political forum, uh, tomorrow evening at the Benton High School Amphitheater. And we invited anyone, nonpartisan, Democrat or Republican, that had a primary opponent. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all the people that you see uh, that I've shared on my Facebook page um, have confirmed they're going to be there. So, for instance, both Secretary of State candidates, uh, Trevor Drown and John Thurston, is going to be there. And we got all three Supreme Court uh, justice candidates. That's very cool. Um, they're all going to be there, and I know some state media is planning on attending to see uh, Judge Hickson, David Sterling, and Justice Goodson. And uh, the state rep candidates, Carrie Murphy, Jason Kelly, are going to be there, and uh, two guys running for prosecutor attorney are going to be there, and some JP candidates, too. Well, let me just say that uh, she- you know, Shelley Poole has done some great things uh, locally. I mean, she, she runs a an online newspaper. Mm-hmm. If you want to know what's going on in uh, with Shelley, uh, she'll keep it up, keep you up to date on what's happening with these, uh, you know, political types, and she'll keep you up to date on what's going on with the news there in Saline County. She yeah. does a good job. She does a great job. At, it's a uh, you know myceline dot com. And the forum itself will be Facebook Live on MySeline.com. Very cool. Uh, Fidelity 6 to the local Channel 6. They'll be filming it for Channel 6, and it'll be on Facebook Live on their Facebook page. And so I always call Shelly uh, uh, the M- Miss Saline County, because if you want to know anything that's happening in Saline County, Shelly knows about she's it. She's got her finger on the pulse. Yep. That's what she's got. By the way... We've got everything running on Facebook Live now, so you can watch it on Facebook Live. Just go to facebooklive.com slash Dave Ellswick Show, and you can watch uh, uh, this whole presentation that we're going to do. So how difficult was it to get everybody to agree to this that agreed to come? And the people who decided they didn't want to come, what was the main excuse? Well, you know, I think... So the Benton High, the Benton School District is uh, is a host too. So the Benton School District, my Celine, and then myself as a person, as a just private citizen, you know, Shelley had the outreach. Uh, the school district had, you know, uh, high school students are going to be involved, and so there's there's some seniors, uh, high school students that are going to MC and moderate the event. There will be some questions from the high schoolers, questions from the community, and so we got uh, them involved. And then myself, Shelly knew that I knew the candidates really well, so I just kind of reached out to them, and it honestly wasn't too too hard. I understood being a statewide candidate myself that, like the gubernatorial candidates and some of the congressional candidates weren't going to be available because they're everywhere all the time. Uh, just to actually get the candidate was a little hard, but most of them had some already, you know. Um, existing uh, scheduling conflict on their calendar and you know uh, someone had a grand opening of their campaign headquarters someone already were had said they were going to be at another uh, um, event and so that's fine with the statewide candidates but the local candidates i probably pressed a little harder i said this is going to be on local tv this is going to be you know shelly with myceline.com i said you know, if your opponent's not coming, okay, I'll give you a free pass. But if your okay. opponent's going to be there, uh, you need to be there because it's going to look really, really bad if you're running locally and you're not at a local candidate forum. Yeah, and, you know, ready to answer whatever the person that 
you're running against yeah. has to say you better be yeah. have some kind of response. But I also knew there w- hadn't been an event put together where well there was one that uh, uh, Belinda Ritter uh, put together last week. But besides that, there ha- really hadn't been an effort to get all the Supreme Court candidates a uh, platform. To See, speak. that's really important because here's what a lot of people don't realize. Even today, as much as I talk about it and you talk about it and others, this is the vote. Mm-hmm. The 22nd determines the Supreme Court yes. who's going to it. They don't. You don't get until November to decide on this. Yes. And so I, I just thought, hey, if I could get one to say yes, I'm pretty sure I could get the other two to say yes. And so one of them said yes, and I called and said uh, the other two uh, um are coming and one by one they came and of course you know when you say hey statewide media is interested and they want to come that mm-hmm. always perks Canada's ears and so uh we got that and um and so it wasn't wasn't really wasn't wasn't too hard and uh, we're happy to have community involvement and i think it's awesome that we're going to have uh student involvement because i think that's that's really important with the way things are going with our uh younger community nowadays well so, uh, go ahead. Well, move, well, I was looking at some of this. Move up on that mic. Well, oh, well, I don't have it on. It's on now. Yeah. Well, I don't. I was looking. So I was looking at the. Um, that's a the fam- voters guide. That's a family council guide. Yes, and okay. then I was looking, and it said that Clark Tucker didn't answer their questions. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow he'll be there, right? He is not going to be there tomorrow. He's. Oh, uh, it says in your little thing. I'm sorry. Uh, if there, it's if it's. Uh, well, it's uh, these are not present. So one, two, and three. Oh, got so it. okay. Um, Jonathan Dunkley, uh, who's running for Congress in the congressional district, he's the district only one two. coming. Isn't he's, he? a, he's the only one one coming. We're happy to have him. He, they're very excited to come. We're very excited that he's coming. Yeah, that's so, good. Uh, um, I've never gotten to meet him, so I'm actually excited to meet him. Three nine. Oh, um, I see that now. Three nine. I'm sorry. And. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little confusing. I don't know. She- Shelly made it. Blame it on Shelly. Shelly, it's all your fault. <laughs> but uh, he's he's coming, and and so we're we're happy to have him. And um, and then we got a school board race, so we thought we're having it at the high school. So we better invite Include the people that, running, yeah. <laughs> running people school board. So they're going to be there. Of course, that's uh, super Im- important with the way things are going in regards to school choice and ESAs and. Uh, and we just thought this would be a really good opportunity for the local community to know about local candidates and statewide candidates that don't get a lot of attention. Secretary of State and Supreme Court, they don't get a lot of attention. Okay. Really and guess what? what? Supreme Court is really, really important. Oh, yeah. And Secretary of State is really, really yeah, important. Yep. Yep. It's going to be important whoever gets that because now Mark Martin served two terms. He's done. Yep. yep. Hate to see him go, but I'm voting for John. Did you hear what he said? He said that uh, he wouldn't have run for a third term. Mm-mm. I think that he was just tired of all the BS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he almost didn't run for a second term, quite honestly. But, uh, <clears throat> no, I, I, you know, you're right. I mean, those are the races that don't get a lot of attention. And, uh, and people they need do to know, a lot. They do a lot. And people need to, people need to know about them. Now, the person who's responsible for making sure elections run smoothly yes. might be a good idea to make sure that person has good leadership and the ability to make some very astute decisions. Yep. 
and you got a Supreme Court um, where many many of the decisions being rendered by the state Supreme Court are are four three four three four three. So one vote and left leaning. We want to change that. We want David Sterling. Yeah. That's yeah. who I'm voting for. We want to change it. Well. You know, Sterling is probably the most conservative of the three. But I think so. I think that uh, even if Knox, Knox, right? Hickson. Hickson, yeah. pardon me, would have won. Yeah. It's the lady who, if she wins. Oh, she's got some drama. It's going yeah, to <laughs> yeah. sink. But, you know, just so people know, if no one gives 50 and, and plus see, one. Ken's trying to stay out of that part <laughs> yeah. of it. That's okay. I got you. I have to, I have We're to supposed be to be fair. biased, too, but I know, David, and I know that I want someone fair in the Supreme Court. Well, I'm, you know, and most people know where I lean and everything just from my Facebook posts and stuff like that. Sure. But, uh, you know, I, I want to be fair to these candidates. I want them to come back in the fall if they make it that far. And mm-hmm. um, and obviously, I work for family council, so I got to separate that. And, you know, people People just get so offended nowadays. You say something, and you know that I Jerry Cox gets a call, and I'm like, really, people? Why? Why would you call call my boss or or so and so gets a call, and it's just like, come on, guys, Here's stop getting I always, so offended. I tell everybody this: What's I don't point? get behind anyone during the primary. Now, once we have our candidate, I know who I'm going to support. Yep, it's going to be what guy got the R. I'm just telling you. Especially, well, for happen. Supreme Court especially. Yeah. And yeah. that race will go in all the way to November if no one gets 50 plus one. So it's important now to to vote. Someone could get 50 plus one, but uh, if, if not... Voting then, starts, what, next week, right? Uh, yeah, May 7th. Early yeah. voting starts May 7th. Yeah, so we're going to be right in the thick of it soon. Uh, we should get David Sterling on. <laughs> I've had him on already. I can, uh, these, Did you? Look, folks know. They've been around this area for 18 years. They know... If they want to be on the Dave Elgo yeah, show, they call. just call me, and we get them on. We don't make any bones about that. I mean, I even had Ken Yang on when he ran for office. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to let that slide like it was not make just making fun. I wasn't making fun. I remember him in his cute little tie. I voted for him. Yeah. I voted for him. I appreciate that. I did. All right, let's talk about uh, my, my good friend, uh, David Lucas. He'll let you know that the conventional wisdom out there right now says you should delay claiming Social Security to maximize your benefits. However, when you look at that strategy today, it could wind up costing you tens of thousands of dollars. There's a lot more to claiming Social Security benefits than you know. Your decision could trigger an avalanche of taxes and double your Medicare premiums. Ultimately, it could cost you tens of thousands of dollars even more. So learn how you can avoid this with a free customized Social Security review from David Lucas of David Lucas Financial right here in North Little Rock. David's a published author, of course. You hear, you've heard him on my show. He's the host of the David Lucas Show right here on 1011 The Answer. So if you saved uh, you know $200,000 for retirement or more, be one of the first 10 callers to schedule your free review now. You can do that by calling 501-653-6690. That's 501-653-6690. 501-653-6690. All right, we've got four minutes left here for this half hour. Let's uh, talk to Jim in uh, Monticello. Bring him up. Hey, Jim, how are you? Hey, pretty good. Let me get to it real quick. A Jan Morgan supporter... Got up, put a nice skirt on, a Jan Morgan T-shirt, 
went to church yesterday over in Crawford County. She posted a picture on her personal Facebook page. Second comment on the picture was Tom Fight, husband of State Rep Charlene Fight. He called Miss Collier, a local businesswoman, classless. The vial went downhill from there. Anybody who attacked him for stepping out of his line and calling her classless, uh, he attacked. Basically, all women who support Jan Morgan are nothing more than liberal Hillary supporters. Okay. Uh, it got, I mean, it got dirty into the gutter with it. All right. Then he reported her this morning. She got to get on Facebook, uses it for her job. She had to sign out. It wouldn't let her do anything. She had to force her to sign out, sign back in, and she was warned for bullying somebody. <laughs> And the post was removed. Now, because she went back and posted about that and put the screenshots up, she's now in Facebook jail for 24 hours. Now, my question is, if Tom Fight, convicted felon for, for uh, uh, bribery in office, if Tom Fight treats women he's not married to and does not go to church with this way, how's he treating his wife, state rep, Charlene fight. Well, oh, see, no, she no, Jim, 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 let's stop there right now. I don't like what fight did, but the bottom yeah. line is we don't need to be a, make excursions about how does he treat his wife. That's like the old question, you know, do you beat your wife? No, when did you stop? All right, let's just stop this right here, why, all right? Why does he treat a woman he's not married to this way? Well, that's up to him. I don't. I'm not. I'm not him. So I don't know what he's yeah. thinking about. I question his ability to think critically. But I just yeah. bottom line, mm-hmm. he said what he wanted to say. Yeah. Last I heard, there is a First Amendment in the country. Yeah, but to then attack this young lady to get her removed from Facebook, messing with her business. All because you're not happy that, you know, she's right and he's wrong. Well, I didn't say, you know, I didn't say it was right or wrong. I mean, yeah. Facebook did what they're going to do because half the time they're they don't even check into what they're doing. That's oh, the absolutely, yeah. But doesn't, shouldn't Mr. Fight apologize? Would seem to me that would be the right thing to do. Yeah. But if you're going to make that kind of a statement, I got to let you go, Jim, because I'm coming okay. up on news. The hey. bottom, the bottom line, and thanks for calling in. The bottom line is, do you really think he's going to apologize when he said what he said in the first place? I would think probably, probably not. Just my thought about it. And does it? It it, it really doesn't matter a hill of beans to me. All right, and when you look at the at me when they have the uh, the solo camera on me, look closely and look at those new chompers I got now. <laughs> they look hey, good. I'm just. I, w- you. I was at the dentist this morning too. They gave me a crown and two fillings, Ooh, and baby. But I told them just as long as my smile still looks good, I'm happy. That's George Washington's dentures. Um, I thought that was you about to say that was your dentures. No, those are his dentures. <laughs> I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, that's lead is what it is. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's lead. That's what I was fish, fishing. Not, that's what I was thinking of the fishing little fishing. Um, that yeah. was probably some high Singer. class stuff back then yeah. though yeah bad enough that they used all kinds of different animal teeth 
on top of it they put lead in his mouth <laughs> man <laughs> not oh, a good not thing the, yeah they look just so uncomfortable that's why he never smiled <laughs> if i you, mean i would i, I he wouldn't was either no i wouldn't either he probably didn't want to run like a second term as president because his teeth hurt all the time yeah. and he wanted to be at home taking his teeth out yeah, yeah. yeah. well before we uh, yeah. before we go yeah, on go I, I wanted to mention something about the previous caller jim who called yeah. in about the fights from monticello uh, i i know charlene representative fight and tom personally have stood at their house they're great supporters of buyback in 2014 running for office. I know them personally. Charlene's actually fluent in Mandarin. Uh, and Really? Yes. I didn't know yeah. that about her. And uh, they are good, good people. And, yes, some things probably shouldn't be said on social media. I don't even know what was said, and I honestly don't care what was said. But uh, they, I just want to say they're good people. Tom treats his wife like she is like the queen, and he treats her very well. I've stayed at their house. They're just good people. And, you know, if you think that someone's saying something bad about someone character-wise, the solution is not to go after their character. The solution is to present facts, present policy, and prove someone wrong. The idea that nowadays in politics that we just go after people just because they went after me is just ridiculous, and you're, you're right there with them. So if what he said was wrong, what you said was wrong too, and you know, as as we, as in, the, in our childhood, with two wrongs don't make a right. But in this instance, I just wanted to you know let your listeners know that you know Tom fight, Charlene fight, great people, uh, and uh, you know stay off social media. Maybe that might help a little may, bit. May help a lot. <laughs> Didn't we learn anything <laughs> from the last elect, like the you know the president? election yeah back in 2016 jeez didn't we learn anything from that i think people lost so many friends and family i I would hear every now and then i've deleted everyone who disagrees with me i'm or or people are just deleting me i mean come on y'all social media i think people get on there because they think that you can't reach out and grab them when no. I see you, I'll reach out and grab you. It's that keyboard courage. Right. You know, yeah. they, keyboard they, they, warriors. Yeah, you know. very courageous. And then they'll see you in the at the grocery store, Dave. Oh, hey, Dave, how's it going? Yeah, like, they just, would never say mm-mm. most of the stuff they say mm-mm. on Facebook to your face. Although I would. I would. <laughs> because you would probably get your face completely Demolished. changed. Yeah. You'd have some of those dentures. Yeah, oh, you don't want those dentures that George Washington had. Those are nasty. They really are nasty. So what has been the interest, most interesting thing you've been noticing about this electoral cycle thus far? I think just the, the misuse of information. Uh, you know, whether it's on the incumbent side when it comes to the gubernatorial race or the challenger side, this constant misuse of, of information of saying, I'm right, you're wrong, I'm right, you're wrong. And you, you, you're stuck with, with the voters thinking, OK, well, who, who's telling the truth? Um, and uh, that's been kind of uh, puzzling. And the, uh, the um, social media, uh, I've always said. It, social media makes a difference. Don't get me wrong. I tell all my candidates that I help, you need a Facebook page, you need Twitter, you need to beef up your social media. But at the end of the day, the race is not won or lost on social media. And it could be lost more so than won. Uh, because I, my, my quote is, if social media won elections, Ron Paul would be president today. <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, but that's just not the case. So go out. If you're on social media responding to people talking bad about you or stuff like that, and you're a candidate, shame on you. 
get on the phone, raise some money, get on the phone, talk to a constituent, get on the phone, or, or go out and knock on some doors. That's what I was going to say. Better yet, go out, walk your district, and yeah. knock on the doors and talk to people. Yeah. And so this idea that social media, oh, I shared it. Yeah, you shared it with your five friends that, that your, go on. Your echo chamber. That go on, yeah, f- Facebook. And it's just, you know, that's that's kind of been, I, I thought that would die down a little bit. Um, but other than that, um, I, I I think the d- Republicans are just as invigorated as ever. Um, I, I don't believe the Democrats are right in saying, oh, we're complacent. I don't see that. At least in Arkansas, I don't see that. I think Republicans are, are very much pushing forward to uh, retain the uh, 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 majority in both houses of the legislature and take all seven constitutional offices again. The other thing that I found I find interesting is the people who say you, I've got Republicans that don't believe exactly like I believe. And because of that, not only will I not vote for them, uh, but uh, or let's say if my candidate doesn't win, I won't vote for the other candidate. That's that is a recipe for complete destruction of what you're trying to do exactly exactly because maybe just maybe it's just some one topic yeah i was telling you off air i said i i made a speech and i think a lot of people heard it at the lincoln day dinner a couple of weeks ago and it was titled you know why a republican is better than any democrat and i went through you know the republican at the end of the day is going to be pro-life the republican at the end of the day is going to believe that men should use men's bathrooms and women should use women's bathrooms. The Republicans going to be for the Second Amendment. The Republicans going to be for lower taxes. Maybe not as low as you would like them to be, yeah. but they're going to be for low. So on and so forth. And the Democrats, you know what? They want to kill the babies. They want to take away your guns. They want to tell your children, your your son, that he can be your daughter and your daughter that he could be your son. And the list goes on and on. And guess what? And in, in the Republican platform, they talk about our God-given rights, how we pray for divine intervention so that God blesses this country. Nowhere in the Democrat platform does it say that. That's a huge difference when it comes to me as a Christian of of which party to support. Go back six years and God should have been out of their uh, platform except for the person who was uh, the moderator said that he didn't hear all of those yes votes. And of course, you know, when I said this, you know, you have to say, oh, well, I know good Democrats. I have good Democrat friends, as I'm sure you do, We're Dave, and they're, and they're, they're bad people. people. Uh, uh, Representative Monty Hodges, one of the best Christian men that I know, and he's a Democrat. Tease him all the time about becoming a Republican, but he's not going to. I probably respect him more that he doesn't become a Republican just because it's not uh, expedient. Um, but there are good Democrats, but you know, for the most part, when it comes to our principles and our convictions and what you and I believe in and what the majority of your listeners believe in, Dave, you know, the idea that you're going to say, I'm going to sit at home and not vote for someone, that's how Nancy Pelosi becomes Speaker of the House. And again. that's not good. Yeah. And that's how uh, Democrats retake the state House and the state Senate here in, here in Arkansas. Uh, and uh, if you want that to happen, if you didn't think 138 years of Democrat rule was uh, enough, enough, well, then give them Ooh. some more. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's nightmare scenario. I'm yeah. just saying that's a nightmare scenario when you talk like that. It just it makes my blood run. We cold. have more similar than we have different, and mm-hmm. and we got to start seeing that, or we're in big trouble. Yeah, I agree. 
I I agree. And, you know, there's one topic has basically taken over whether you're a true Republican or you're not a true Republican. It mm-hmm. has to do with uh, Medicaid expansion. Yeah. I mean, if if you even show any inkling for some folks that you're for Medicaid expansion, you're you know, you're not going to get a Christmas card. I can tell <laughs> no. you that much. It ain't going to happen. Yeah. You know, it's just not going to happen. And the other side says, well, if you don't believe in Medicaid expansion, then you're a fool. Well, no, not really. I mean, I don't understand why one topic, the only topics that I can think of like that are pro-life issues and Second Amendment kind of issues. I mean, if you're running as a Republican and you tell me you're pro-choice, you shouldn't be elected. I'll be honest with that. You should not be elected. And under a you know a pro-choice type of uh, uh, of issue, yep. so this way I feel though we'll be back. We got to talk more. I want to go over these times again. Any cost to get into this? No, it's free. You just uh, limited seating, so you want to get there as soon as you can. And uh, I, I can go over when when we get back, like when each each candidate's going to be That's there. Good. So just in case you want to, you don't want to stay the whole time all right we'll do that when we come back here on the dave ellswick show don't forget about pi roofing and what they've got going on you know they used to be just pi roofing because that's what they did roofing now if you've had any kind of damage done by the water that has got into your home because you have a leak in your home like maybe you've got some drywall that's screwed up or you've got uh, stains on your ceiling or uh, black mold that has started to grow they'll take care of that as well here's why that's so important you got one place that does all these things you don't have to go to a contractor to get your home painted you don't have to go to another contractor to get the drywall repaired you don't have to do a, another tr- contractor to take care of the insulation. PI Roofing does it all. So it's a one-stop deal, and they'll give you a good price, and they'll do your interior painting, your drywall repair, exterior painting if you need it, carpentry work if you need it, insulation replacement, ventilation, you name it. If it's been caused by the leak to your roof, then the folks at PI Roofing will take care of it. That's why they're known now as PI Roofing and Home Solutions. Jill Johnson hired the people that work for him that take care of those issues specifically. The number to call, 501-687-6246, or visit them online at piroofing.com. All right, we are back. On the Dave Ellswick Show, let me remind you about uh, our good friends over at Aero Plumbing. You know, Earl Donaldson, who started this business many years ago, had two specific things that he really zeroed in on. One, that the people that he sent to your home knew what they were doing. Two, that the people that he sent out to your home would treat you like they were, you know, basically it was their own home. That's why some of their... 100% 100% satisfaction guarantee issues that they have are they sound just commonsensical but there's businesses that don't follow this these same principles that the folks at Aero Plumbing do for instance if you're not 100% satisfied with the service well they'll refund all of your money to you or if the plumber smokes or swears in your home doesn't wear his little booties his shoe covers Hey, 
you don't have to pay for the service. And if the repair fails in the first year, they'll repair it again at no charge. Those are things that you would think that every company would do, but they don't. But it's one of the things that sets Aero Plumbing uh, above all the rest of the plumbers are out. How about the clean home guarantee? They guarantee that their expert, their plumber, will clean after himself and leave your home clean. Or they're going to send a professional to clean your entire home. That's just Earl going above and beyond. And finally, the no lemon guarantee, where they guarantee that the equipment and or the fixtures that they've provided and installed in your home will perform as they've stated. If any equipment or fixture fails three times in the first year, they'll replace that item at no charge to you. Let me tell you how serious Earl is about that. He had a company that he bought all of his uh, um, fixtures, uh, you know, on your sink and in your bathroom and all of that. And uh, they decided to take one piece of this going to make it plastic and uh, earl wanted them to be totally metal they said no we're going to do it with uh uh, with plastic and he said well you know that doesn't meet my specifications uh, of when i bought these from you so you give me my money back and then i'll buy these other fixtures from you the faucets and things and uh, they said they weren't going to do that and he said well that's fine then I'll just find another supplier. And that's what he did. He just ate the money because he's not going to put a fixture into your home that's second rate. So go to uh, you know aeroplumbing.net or just go to aeroplumbing on Google, get their phone number, give them a call. You'll get great, great service. All right, we're down to about six minutes left. I got Ken Yang here. Ken is a man of many talents. One of the talents he has with, and especially when he gets involved with Shelly Poole, because Shelly is a woman of many talents, is they're doing an event that's happening tomorrow night so that you can meet all of uh, the candidates that are running during the primary. So I'll turn it back over to Ken, and he can run you through all this. Yes, so we're having a political forum tomorrow night, 630, at the Benton High School Amphitheater. You just show up to the Benton High School You'll know where it's going to, to be held. Uh, the Benton School District, myself, and my, Shirley Poole with my Celine's doing this. So we'll start at 6.30, and I'll, I'll just go through kind of the quick quick schedules, just so if you, in case you don't want to stay, stay the whole time. At 6.35, the Justice of the Peace for District 4 will be speaking. This is Barbara Howe and Bobby Collison. At 6.48, we'll have the state Supreme Court candidates, David Sterling, Justice Goodson, Judge Hickson, will all be speaking. At 719, the Secretary of State candidates for the Republican nomination, John Thurston, Trevor Drown, will be speaking. Then we'll have a little intermission at 748. We invited all of the congressional candidates for District 2 to come speak for the Democrat uh, primary. Only Jonathan Dunkley was able to make it, so he'll be there at 748. Then at 8, I know this is important for the citizens of Saline County, the people running for prosecutor attorney, Chris Walton and Parker Jones, will be speaking. At 818, uh, Councilman Carrie Murphy and Jason Kelly will be speaking about their race for state representative. That's uh, Representative Kim Hammer's open seat. 
and then we'll end with the school board race at 8.36, 8.40. Darren Adams, Chris Ledbetter running for a seat on the school board. And so those are that's kind of rundown. You can go to my Facebook page. You can go to myceline.com's Facebook page or Ken Yang's Facebook page, either or. Uh, you, they'll have the schedule there, too. So come at 630. Uh, come early. The limited seating. Uh, you don't have to stay the whole time, obviously, but uh, we'd love to have everyone. So while the people are appearing, you'll have some people there to question them as well. Are you going to allow uh, questions from the floor? No. Um, we have opened uh, – if you go to my Celine's Facebook page, there is a form where you can submit questions, and we'll, we'll, we'll keep taking them until this evening. You can submit questions for all the races or a particular race, and it can be anonymous. You don't have to put in your name. It's just a submission, and uh, that way – we're on such a tight schedule. You know how it can just go awry if you mm-hmm. hand a microphone to somebody. And so there will be a uh, student-led question. So some of the high school students have come up with questions. So there will be one question from the students and then one question from the community. Okay. Sounds good. Yep. Uh, again, I want to congratulate you and Shelly both for doing this because you want to know what these people stand for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may think, well, the guy lives next door to you. You don't know what he thinks until you hear him answer the questions. Yep. I mean, it's that simple. And by all means, do not vote for somebody because they happen to be your buddy. Mm. I agree. I, I have a lot of buddies that didn't vote for me back in 2014. <laughs> they, they, I mean, I went to Hendricks College, and they'll be the first to tell you that, Ken, we will save you from a burning building, but we'll probably never vote for you. And I said, okay, well, I guess that's that's good enough. So, um, but yeah, know, know your candidates. Know, um, you know, what they stand for. Yeah, absolutely. That's very, very important today, uh, more so than it was maybe 30 years ago. Yep. You know, 30 years ago, they weren't destroying the country. And now I'll, they're yeah. doing everything they can to destroy the country. On a side note, not to take anything away from the candidate form that's happening tomorrow night. Okay. On Thursday night, the Saline County Republican Committee is meeting at 630 at the uh, headquarters in Benton, and both Asa Hutchinson, Governor Asa Hutchinson, and Jan Morgan will be in attendance. Oh, that'd be good. So both of them will be there. Both of them will be speaking about uh, uh, their campaigns. What, yeah. When is that? That's this Thursday at 6.30 in Benton. And I'll let everybody know that a week from Wednesday, uh, Jan Morgan to be back on my show at 5 o'clock in the evening during main drive time because I don't want you to miss what she has to say. And then uh, on Thursdays, uh, J.R. Davis joins us from the governor's office to talk, talk about policy not running the campaign Mm -hmm. that's something everybody has to understand too about i've been you know berated on facebook several times saying well you don't let jan come on every time jr comes on jan's not the governor if she wins the governorship i'll have her spokesman on every week to talk about what's going on but uh if you talk about the campaign at that point i'll make sure the other side gets their time yep the way it's supposed to work. That's the way it works. That's, it's the it beauty of being way. an incumbent. You know, it's good to have you here. I ha- it's been a pleasure to see you again, Ken. Yes, same here. We were friends for a long time, but we still are friends. <laughs> I don't make it. We're not friends now. But he used to be on our power panel back mm-hmm. in the day. 
Yeah. How many years ago? 10, 12? No. That that was that was that was like when 13. Christian Olsen and Josh Mesko was was on. That yeah, was on Whitney like Davis. Uh yeah. No, I I came on after I think I I had lost. So that was like in yeah. 2015, I think. Yeah, so, so it he, wasn't like he three started years doing, ago. He started doing a lot of stuff with us yeah. over at the oh, okay. uh, you know, the Marble Mansion over there. Yep. When we're doing that. And you'll be invited back for that again next year. <laughs> All right. We'll see you later, <laughs> Thank Ken. you. Thank you very much. It. Tomorrow night, don't miss it. Find out about what your candidate or the candidates think on the issues and make your uh, decision with that information. All right, uh, conduit for action in the next hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Lovely. All right, let's move into the 4 o'clock hour. Some of you on your way home, good for you, and you lucky dogs, you. Because I'd like to be on my way home right now and taking this new denture plate out of my mouth. I won't do that to you, Val, while you're sitting there. Well, just don't throw it at take me. My, okay. Take my dentures out. I refuse. I will not do that in ever front of people? in public, no. Not no, even yeah. as a joke? Well, no. Not, you know how to, like, slide them out? Yeah, I know. No, I won't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. You know, the, the ability in. to suction in. Oh, yeah. My dentist was all excited about that today because um, uh, Sharp says, take them out, Dave. And I, I had to use both hands. You have a good... Yeah, suction. Yeah. And he was all excited. He says, that means they're going to be really good. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm glad. Uh, of course I'm you are. Get something out of this. Because I paid for it, right? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, we'll have my dentist on next week. He's going to stop by. He's a real good conservative Second Amendment lover. Sweet. So it'll be fun to have him on, on the show. I'm going to talk to him and try to get him uh, to bring his wife along with him. She's really uh, a sweetheart as well, as far as that goes. She went with him Friday. Uh, he does a lot of work pro bono mm-hmm. for homeless mm-hmm. people. And Didn't stuff. they do the um, the set, the big um, dentist thing, yeah, free yeah. dental work yeah. Yeah, thing? So he was doing another one of those. And he said he was really proud of his wife because she only vomited once. Yeah. Well, she was. I read that. I guess I read that somewhere where they were doing it, and they were like, "Bring." uh, It's like once you get in the building, you cannot leave, and bring uh, first come, first serve, no tents. I'm like, I'm thinking, (laughs) oh my gosh, really? Sounds like they're going to a Chick Fil A for a grand opening, right? It was like that. So I guess that many people need dental work. It's well, you know, if you don't have uh, dental insurance, I'm telling you, it's it can be expensive. Depending on if you and if you haven't taken care of your mouth, it's really bad, mm-hmm. really bad. So anyway, uh, when I smile at you now, I don't have holes in my head. Now, I know there's some people who will dispute that, <laughs> but I'm just saying I don't have holes in my head. In fact, Brenda and Joe know I don't have holes in my head. Don't you guys? You know that I don't have a hole in my head, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, it's called life. It's you no, know, it's it's called pain medicine. I I've been <laughs> yeah, taking a little bit of it. To, to, I guess take over when you pass out or what? Yeah. <laughs> that's why Val I actually sent her a message to Val and I said, Val, why don't you come in today just in case my dentures start hurting again and I'll use you as my uh you know, my, my six, you know, you'll take care of my six. And she said that she would do it. So I'm I'm very happy that, that she decided to do that. I, I had a bad experience yesterday, guys. Uh, you know, I had the, the surgery last Wednesday. They pulled seven teeth. 
They put the dentures in, and everything was going really well until yesterday. And yesterday, I developed a couple of what they call hot spots, and it got sore. I mean, it got so sore, I just took them out. I just couldn't take it any longer. And I uh, sent a message to my dentist. He said, come on in at 8. And then it took him all of five minutes to make some changes to the dentures, and now they feel just fine. No no big uh, no pain like the other day, like yesterday. That was just terrible. That was bad, bad. So how's your guys' day been today? I mean, you you didn't have denture surgery last week, did you? <laughs> Absolutely not. It felt like denture surgery getting through tax season and then a couple of audits, and so I left town last week. Oh, did you really? For me, uh, I wanted to say, Val, uh, hi, how are you? Hey there. <laughs> hi, y'all. So, just, hey, uh, Go ahead. I'll tell you, Dave, on that subject, I, I do, like in most things, have something to add. And I, I got an implant on one of my teeth. How is that? the past couple of months. And, and that is really neat. Uh, I don't know if it would apply to everybody, but, you know, pretty much drill a hole in your jaw and tap it with a, with a tap, put threads in it, and then screw this piece of steel in it. And uh-huh. I guess you, I, I've yet to find out the rest, but I guess they bolt on a, a, a fake tooth on top of that and you're good to go. Yeah, I'm thinking, to be honest with you, if, if I could afford that, because I'm hearing that it's about anywhere from twelve to $1,400 a tooth. Is that right? Am I in the ballpark? We'll sell some more advertising, Dave. Come on. <laughs> I, I could see where, where that would be better than uh, having a denture plate in your mouth. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm not sure that they, you know, I don't know how. This is just one, an individual event, a tooth cracked or something. They couldn't repair it or, or they got all the money they could out of that tooth from me and then they just had to find another income stream but uh regardless it's just one too so i don't know if they can do you know multiple or whatever i you know i assume so but but i'm i'm good uh, i'm i'm reluctant to comment further on your situation but it's going to be okay it'll all work out well it'll get there i'm they, the doc told me two weeks to get to the point where it doesn't hurt my gums anymore because he said there's gonna they're gonna shift a little bit they'll fix it when it shifts and then it'll get to the point where it beds itself where it's going to stay so i just put my i put my belief in my dentist he's let's, been a really good dentist let's hope it doesn't stay next to your nightstand no <laughs> i do not have a glass of water no i mean you said it'll shift to where it's gonna no, stay <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just telling you my dad had them i i remember my father at night sitting and watching the cubs play baseball with a pen knife scraping at the inside of his dentures <laughs> right, trying to plaque. make them fit wet the right oh, way gotcha. kind of crazy Hey, well, one thing I can suggest that's pretty much a cure-all is is that it's just straight whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it kills all the germs. I'm, I'll be honest with you. You know, my favorite is uh, is uh, uh, Crown Black. I love Crown Black, man. That's just good stuff. Can't believe you said oh that because, because that has been my favorite until this weekend. Okay. And I was in Lexington, Kentucky, and I did two distillery tours. Okay. And one of them was the Woodford Reserve factory where they make all this woodford reserve and the other one was buffalo trace buffalo and trace never heard of them yeah they're in old companies in lexington kentucky yeah and at the end of watching all the factory and the machinery and the the big brew vats and all those things mm-hmm. uh you get to sample yeah 
And I'm telling you, I've been drinking Crown on very rare occasions, of course, for probably 20 years. And I'm I'm going to Woodford. <laughs> okay. I have to try my See, I went to I went to college at Moorhead State University in Moorhead, Kentucky. It's about sixty miles east of Lexington. So yeah, I I've been down to Bourbon, Kentucky, believe me, many, many times, Makers Mark and all the rest of them. Yeah, you know the, one thing that occurred to me driving around, I, I had never been there before, but the the business to be in, you know, if you're and a certain group of people, it's horses, of course, because that's yes. the horse capital of the world. But the real business for guys like me and you to be in is fences. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen so many fences, nice fences, that go on for miles. Yeah, but the grass helps those fences look really nice. So you well, might be in the grass business. Or the weed eater business. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there you, know, you go. But I'm telling you, that is nice out there, isn't it, Dave? It's a beautiful, beautiful country. I, that bluegrass, every, every year in springtime, it tops. And it gets uh, a special topping to it. And, yes, it looks blue-green. It is gorgeous there in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, well, what, since Brendan and I have been out and not been watching the uh, Little Rock people, uh, what, what have you allowed them to get away with this week, Dave? I haven't seen anything that they have done this week, uh, to be honest. They're, well, it's you know, only Monday. Well, yeah, it is just it is just Monday, so I don't know. I I haven't seen any big stories. I've been out since Wednesday of last week because I had to, I had to have the extractions and all of that stuff that go along with what's been happening. But uh, well, who's been watching the store? No, well, Paul's been looking at it from afar. Well, yeah, that's a good point. He keeps, he we, keeps his uh, eye on you it. Know, the, the tax panel, uh, the tax force, met again uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and there were a couple of good information articles and, and, you know, conduit. I think that Josh Waters had tweeted out a few things for us, but they have apparently pared down their list of exemptions that they're going to examine. And, of course, the first one is to discuss further getting rid of the grocery sales tax exemption and we thought maybe you could fill us in about because you you felt like that was an important issue yeah and i wondered if you got a lot of feedback or if it just died after we didn't talk about it anymore no i think i think it's been pretty clear to the people at the capitol uh of coming back with the food tax would be a dramatically wrong thing to do and on top of that thinking about taxing the drugs i mean let's all face it you got to eat and you got to take your medicine to live if if you're on medication and i I just think it's wrong uh for the government to take the first bite out of your food i i your food dollar i think that that should be left uh to the citizenry uh of this state so i think that they heard from a lot of people personally i knew a lot of people who heard several shows that we did about that and said that they were going to be called and we left a number for the governor's office well a couple of things on that is we've all got to understand the language removing an exemption is not going to be called a tax increase because the tax was already there They'll just remove the exemption, and that's not a tax increase. According to according to the task force. Yeah, and another thing is that it's a it's the only way to get enough revenue to matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's and, it's that, that's the two uh, big ones. There's a lot, but almost three hundred million dollars, if I'm not mistaken, between medicines and food. 
write it down. Medicine is good because the lobbyists are too strong for pharmacy, so they won't touch it. But food, the lobbyists are very weak uh, performers down at the Capitol because, you know, the, the costs uh, are dispersed among the people, and the people don't rise up because it's not beneficial enough to get off work and show up at the Capitol every day. Well, how about what else they're really planning on because they got us distracted on the, tax, the, the food tax? They probably got something else in mind in the works. Yeah, the internet probably. Spring it on us, <laughs> or you know, we'll trade this for that. Well, now our our um, uh, delegation to the U.S. Congress is, at least in our neck of the woods, is has been promoting the internet tax for years. Oh, Womack's been behind the uh, internet tax, yeah, for at least six to eight years. Did you say Womack or Walmart? No, it, it, or, it's, or is that redundant? It, that's redundant. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's that kind. But, I, I, but I mean, Womack has been supporting it forever to tax the yeah. internet. Oh yeah, it's in 2010. Well, he and I have had a couple of conversations about that. Where he turned and said to me, "Why are you hanging out with this guy?" <laughs> <laughs> so if we don't take the food tax, back to that. Uh, are the grocery tax or the pharmaceutical tax, then what would our other option be to increase the state tax? Income tax? Stop spending. Come yeah. on, Val. Get with the program. Well, I understand that, but there's money that was cut that we have to... They feel we have to, you know... I mean, you, you can cut, 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 but the fact is inflation remains and... There are things okay. that well, got we'll cut when we cut the state. We haven't had an opportunity. When we cut the state uh, we have income tax, cut anything. Number one, and it, it would be my position that if government's job is to solve and stick their nose into and, and attempt and claim to solve society's problems with welfare and unemployment, all these other things, if they are successful at any measure at any level, then. The, the amount we give to government should reduce every year, not keep up with inflation or population. But they never seem to solve any problems, and they require more and more money each year to solve the problem they claim to need your money to solve. Well, I understand that would be in a utopia. I mean, <laughs> if we didn't have well, to do well, this I mean, or we didn't have cannot, to do the, that. Bottom line but is the government cannot solve most of the problems they claim to need our money for. No, I completely you know, understand highways. that, too. The other day I went into the IRS, you know, where you pay your taxes, for state taxes, and they were ordering food and having parties and putting signs all over the walls about somebody's birthday. From I mean, I don't know if they used our paper, but, you know, I was just like, really? This is what the state of Arkansas is paying for. But at the same time, I also understand that if you cut state personal income taxes, you have to make up for that somewhere. Now, Val, just get your phone out and Google rate of inflation for 2017. Maybe the listeners will do that with us. And you'll get numbers like 0.8%, you know, 8 eight tenths of 1%, 7 tenths of 1%, 2.1%, 2.1%. are the last since 2014. Now, we're looking at increases, you know, spending in, by Arkansas government far and above that. So, um, you know, when we talk about we've got to keep up with the rate of inflation, you know, be careful because there's really almost no inflation for the last several years. Matter of fact, it's been negative for some of coming off of 2008. No, I mean, whenever you cut the state income taxes, you have to come up with that from somewhere else. 
Well, how about we get rid of Medicaid expansion? Or spend less. You know, those are those are options to spend less. I mean, um, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. But reductions, everybody decreased by three percent. You know, your budget last year rather than increased by three percent. I could not agree more with the cutting spending, but one can only do so much in so little time. However, I I do agree that I would rather have a grocery tax as opposed to a in more increase in my state personal income tax because i have a choice whether i want to spend money i don't have a choice on whether i want to pay taxes feeding the the position when you say we have to have more money and i had rather i mean i think that that mentality means you've already said how much more of my stuff do you want i'm certainly here ready to give it to you no that's not my mentality at all well let's um we've heard this we've heard this argument from uh uh, Republicans that always seem to agree that government has to grow. I disagree that government has to grow, but you have to pay your bills. Well, don't don't incur the bills. You know, I mean, we're, we're but we've already incurred them. What do we do now? What do we do now that we've incurred them? It's a it's a mindset and a it would be a paradigm shift in our mentality to do this change that we're talking about and of course the establishment would say we're crazy and it can't happen we're the far right so we're asking for voters you know how much more of your money do you want to give arkansas to spend it like i mean one of my favorite articles today that you missed was an arkansas works article that said hey the people who are now going to have to uh, prove that they're working or volunteering 80 hours a month, you're going to have to do this on the Internet by going, having an email address and going on to a portal. That's not true. That's not true because I just asked JR that Thursday, and he said there will be people on the other end of a phone line that will do that for them. I just asked him on the air Thursday that. Okay. Because so I saw that article as well. The plan, is that what you're saying? I saw that article as well, and I asked him that on Thursday because I thought that was strange. I was like, how are people going to be required to have to have an email to file their work? Because I didn't agree with so, that either. And he said, no, that's not the case. All right. Okay, that sounds really good, and I'm, I'm glad that they uh, discussed that. So, so what that means... Did you say that they were going to have somebody that they could call and they would put it on the I, online? I don't know who it is. He just said that they will, they will, that will not be their only option. All right. All right. I got, I got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more here in a moment on the Dave Ellswick show. Man, I got to tell you what, you would not and cannot imagine how many people are going to have uh, artificial limbs uh, because they need a prosthetic or an orthotic uh, in their lifetime. I think they said by 2015, it's going to be like 3.6 million people will have prosthetic limbs, and, and it's going to get bigger than that. And they're making so many advances with prosthetics. Uh, there's no telling if that won't just explode. Just know this. If you are in need of an orthotic or a prosthetic, you know, as I, we had the two young men that were in here uh, last week talking about that, uh, one had lost uh, their leg below their knee. The other had lost their foot. You know, they both said, never thought I'd ever be in that position. But that the folks at Horton's had done 
just such a superior job into being able to help them make their way and get the mobility that they wanted uh, with the loss of the of the limb that they had. I didn't realize, for instance, uh, the one uh, guy, I forget what his name is now, uh, that had that leg, when he goes out and he competes in the triathlete, triathlete uh, stuff, that he literally changes uh, his bottom of his leg uh, whenever he's swimming. Then he gets on the bike. He switches out his leg for riding. Then he switches out his leg for running. And uh, the other guy just lost his leg, said when he was competing, he had to be uh, careful to be, uh, you know, watching uh, what his uh, his foot was doing. Because as you get running all, for all that distance, your foot changes its shape and you had to make the necessary uh, differences as far as the sock that you wear over the stump on your leg so that it fit correctly. And he said that the folks at Hortons had done so much in teaching him how to determine when he needed to make those changes. And that's what, uh, you know, Mike was talking about. He's the uh, uh, the person who makes these uh, prosthetics uh, over at Hortons about getting to know your client, getting to know what they do, getting to know all the specialties they have to have uh, to make it work the way it's supposed to work. So here's what you need to do. If you find yourself in that position, you're in the hospital, uh, you do a consultation, you get a hold of the folks at Hortons. They'll come over and sit down and talk to you, find out what it is exactly you're wanting to do and help you attain the things that you want to attain. Here's the number to call, 501-663-2908, or just stop by and visit with them, 5220 West 12th Street here in Little Rock. When you go visit them, uh, make sure you have your health insurance card, that you have uh, you know, your driver's license to prove who you are, and then from your doctor what it is exactly that uh, they're treating you for. That's Hortons, again. 663-2908. That's Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show here in the uh, 4 o'clock hour. we got about 20 minutes left. Brendan and Joe are here from, uh, of course, uh, Conduit for Action. Conduitforaction.org is their website. You can read their articles there. Uh, what do you all think about a uh, taxpayer's bill of rights. Some states have this already, where to be able to change the tax tax code uh, in in a specific state, uh, what you basically have to do uh, is uh, this bill of rights is that the taxes can only go up by the rate of inflation or and or population growth, and they only can go higher. Uh, if uh, you have the vote of the people, you got to bring it to the people to vote on it. What do you guys think about that? Well, I think like that along those lines, the same way I think of, for example, the Convention of States that they talk about a balanced budget amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Uh, 
you know, I don't see how one can be constructed that can't be circumvented uh, in some way. And I think very similarly to this is no matter what the Bill of Rights is, these people pay more attention than the average voter does, and they're going to get what they want to get because they count on our ignorance and our lack of attention. But there are, I agree, some details that could be addressed. For example, you know, any tax change at all could be the same three-quarter threshold as, as spending money. But it's really difficult for me to envision, man, maybe it's because I'm so cynical about the current crop, but envision words on a piece of paper that will restrain the power and spending ambitions of the people in Little Rock. You know, it's a great question, and, and I've got to admit that I, I personally don't have a lot of in, insight into what other states have done, but I can just only imagine what would be done here. 2013, Bruce Westerman, when he was a state legislator, filed a bill that was to cap the, the level of government growth, and Colorado has done this, and we have a white paper, Conduit for Commerce, written two or three years ago. We were proudly delivering that to ASA when and his administration was new. And, if, you know, since we have a spending problem and the way the Revenue Stabilization Act, it, it goes off spending, not off revenue. We spend all we can bring in. Um, we, we need to cap the amount that we can spend, and that will automatically cap the tax rate, tax increases, um, you, you know, in, in the formula when you add that in. But I think that we need to restrict the level of spending first. Well, and th when you mention Colorado, that's a, a really prime example of this whole taxpayer bill of rights. I mean, you could have the whole thing dealing with, you know, how much you could uh, raise the spending and things of that nature. I mean, it can be written up in such a way that it's unique to our state. But Colorado has saved millions of dollars every year because of the taxpayer's uh, bill of rights. Now, with that said they have to return that money to the people uh and that would be very interesting if the people started to get some of that money back that they uh they took for you of course i always argue the point that if they're taking the money they place it somewhere for a year they're going to make x amount of dollars off the interest um you know bruce westerman's bill only failed by one vote and, uh, you know, it's a shame. Uh, hopefully, I've, I've heard some conversation about bringing something back similar to that uh, next session in 2019. But that's really what we need to focus on. If the, if the voter can become educated to learn that, you know, rather than doing this tax reform task force appointed by the, you know, whoever, uh, you know, change the law so that we are restricted by the law as to how much we can actually spend. And then... Uh, the, you know, if we want to increase that, fine. But we do need a cap on how much government should cost. You know, when you and I communicated this morning, we were talking about the mission of core mission of government. I mean, when government has plenty of money, their mission, they just keep finding, you know, mission creep, as they say in business. Well, I, I don't disagree with what Val uh, said earlier. Uh, in general, that the tax base should be broad enough that everybody has skin in the game, and then anything over and above some some caps that are put in place should be refunded to the income taxpayers because they not only pay the grocery tax but the income tax and that's where the you know the refund should go to the people who actually pay tax 
So that would be a, you know, a system could be constructed, but by who and what are the details is where everything breaks down. Well, and, and I agree with you, Joe. In the past, we've talked about this. Uh, the politicians here in Little Rock uh, haven't shown a huge appetite uh, in any way, shape, or form to cut spending in any way, shape, or form. Uh, they continue uh, to... we're talking sp- about, she prefers, and you'll see this among, um, I think, maybe one of the tax foundation or someone said, yeah, they, they prefer a broader tax base. The sales tax is the best place to do that. But when Arkansas says, yeah, or the task force, what they're looking at now is, yes, we're, we're looking at removing the um, tax exemption on groceries, but we're going to give a tax credit, an earned income credit, or maybe a broad credit to poor people. Well, you've just eliminated everyone having skin in the game, haven't you? And you've basically increased taxes on the middle class, the upper class that you're saying you're going to give a tax cut to. But that doesn't mean you can't claim it in, in campaigns. No, I I agree with what you're saying. I would just like to see them. Look, I believe you could be elected governor, and I can tell you if that ever happened, God forbid that I decided to ever run for governor. But the bottom line, if I were elected, I can tell you the first thing that would happen on the day that I took the oath is that I would tell, I'd call in all the heads of my organization and say, folks, 10% cut every department. Does that mean some people will lose their jobs? Yes, it does. Is that necessarily bad? Yeah, it's bad. But it happens in the real world every frickin' day. And you've got people in there that don't even know what the heck they're doing. I mean, well, we're just paying them. math, if we want to term it that, when we, just like um, UAMS cutting jobs and I think that's, that's, you know, we need to look at that closely, uh, why they had to cut. But actually, they were cutting positions that weren't filled, many of them. And so when government, I've cut a 1,000 jobs, were those people who were actually working? Were those unfilled positions? And so when you see the agencies prepare their budget and produce their budget, you know, they're allowed so many positions, and they fund those, even though they don't have people working in those. They're not spending that money, but they're saying, well, we might, and we still want want that amount and you know they're not that's government math that's not how business operates well, well yeah how many jobs, let me right? ask let me ask you a question joe how many people work for you and work in a non-essential job i always get a big bang out of when it's going to be bad weather uh and government says if you're a non-essential employee you don't need to come in tomorrow you know, if you're not a non-essential person, you shouldn't be hired. <laughs> right. It's that simple. Well, well, the only non-essential position I can think of is my tax attorney. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that'll never happen because there's too many of those with the big lobby. But am I the only one that is upset by that term, non-essential? Because and then if you can't even tell what was shut down that next day. That's exactly like, that's exactly well, right. Argument. The argument there is it has some merit. I mean, there are things that don't need to be done today that can be put off for a day, a month, a week, whatever it is. And, and maybe that's the term non-essential. Paying the military for some of that, by the way. You know, but that's what people would think when they say that. It's not like there's 14 people just sitting out on the lawn every day, all day long, that you don't need, that you're paying anyway. It's not that blatant. But there are efficiencies 
that uh, need to be had in a business to survive. And that incentive is totally absent in government. I agree with that. Government cannot go out of business. Well, I, I will say from Joe's history, um, and the tax lawyer thing was was a nice comment. But the only time, I mean, I've, I've known we've worked together for a long time, and the only time that he ever cut back on his workforce was at the end of 2008 when the economy hit a wall in manufacturing. I, I said, Joe, how did you know that things were bad? Because he had the highest employed the highest number of people to date at that moment in time, and he said, Oh, how did I know? Orders completely stopped. So they downsized 25% of his workforce and and functioned and and uh, went on and you know they're up and beyond those numbers now back up and running. But you know who do you cut? I mean I watched him cut, but what he did was ask people how they wanted to cut themselves. He never laid anybody off except those who were literally caused something to happen that needed to be laid off. But you know he let them trim themselves back. It was an interesting thing to watch. All right. you know, I, I was just talking about uh, with a with a new uh, em, employee today about what that time period, and we sent out a survey to all of our employees saying, uh, "Are you are you capable of taking a pay cut? Would you rather be laid off, or would you uh, do you have any other way to make a living for a short term, and you just as soon take a sabbatical or what have you?" And when we got the results back, we tried to accommodate what everybody needed. Uh, and, and through the mixture of it, we, we had enough to weather that storm, and then everybody was brought back that we needed, and, and, and pay was not only restored but retroactively restored. We were fortunate enough to be able to do that over the next year or so. So, you know, government could do that, but the, the, the mindset is just not there. You know, the managers in government aren't like managers that you have in a business or like the radio station. Uh, they have to produce or they're gone. And, and there's not a, you know, we need to increase our budget. It's, you know, you better, you, you better get the job done. Let's talk about some of our legislators before we run out of time. I mean, you can look at some of them. Uh, they have failed in business, therefore they become elected officials. I mean, what do they know about running a business? Well, some have and some haven't. Well, that's you right. Know, you know, some, uh, obviously, as we read in the paper, uh, make a business out of, out of dealing in government favors and, and, uh, you know the income stream of, of the government, which makes it inefficient. But others, you know, don't have a way to make a living, like Brenda said. And those are the ones you really got to watch out for. You know, they can claim on the one hand that they've got a job, but they could not have the lifestyle they have without being in government as well. And you know, we have watched people carefully over the past five or six years, and we've developed some pretty good rules of, of support that are, are pretty tried and true that you have to look for, that they're susceptible to being a career. Their livelihood is dependent upon how they vote, and that's the worst place to be in. Right. No, they're not bad people, necessarily, uh, but it's really, there's, there's some real good attributes that we've used to to determine who to support and who not to support. All right. If you guys should hold on, we'll be back. I get our final break here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 4 o'clock hour, Conduit for Action on the radio. One last thing that I'd like to say, and then I'll let you guys finish it up today here on this Monday, uh, Brenda and Joe, and it's this. 
I have I've been here now in Arkansas for 18 years. Here's something that I've watched happen time and time again. It used to happen in Indiana. Uh, now I don't see it happening in it as much. I've seen them cut spending by 15 percent in that state. But you'll hear them say, uh, well, let's cut 10% from government. Oh, we can't do that. We don't have the money. We can't do that. Well, then they'll say, we want to do this, but we don't have the money. And all of a sudden, it doesn't matter who the governor is. I, I could plug in anybody's name. And typically what will happen is out of nowhere, from the dark recesses of the bowels of one of these people, they'll pull it out of their rear ends and they go, oh, yeah, we found $50 million over in this department. Well, I'm going to tell you what. If that $50 million was there and you didn't know about it until the very end of it, you haven't been watching the budgets of the departments that serve for you as governor. And you should be just fired off of that. What do you think? Well, well I, mean, I'm not, I mean, I don't know how I can respond any shorter than one hour uh, to that uh, subject. But I can tell you that uh, I had an employee at one point in the, in the accounting department that did not work out well. But when, when in his exit interview, he was adamant that we needed seven more, six or seven more people to get the job done. Uh-huh. And that was a year ago, year and a half ago. And we haven't hired anybody, not even to replace him. And, and we're still in business for some reason. Functioning and, well. And, and that's the mentality of government is, you know, they don't demand a day's work. And I know there's a lot of hardworking people in the government, but they're not coordinated and efficient enough to survive in, in the real world with the management structure they've got in place. And the only way you can fix that is to say, here's how much money you got and do the best you can with that. And then the people will replace the management each election. You know, just like the $400 million computer software. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, I, I can't say enough about that. Because, you know, one of my companies does write software. And I, that's just beyond my comprehension that anybody is ignorant enough to accept $100 million for any software that would run state government in a state of 3 million people, but let alone $400 million. All right. So there's low-hanging fruit everywhere you look. Yeah, you I, I, and Joe, I'm all about you, and it goes back to the whole thing that when I say there's no appetite to. When I say there's no appetite to something, it means that evidently the elected officials know that they'll probably – there's an appetite there as far as getting votes. There's not an appetite there of becoming efficient, and we've seen it year after year after year after year. Guys, we're out of time. i got to let you go. Let's talk about that next week when you come on, about having an appetite to do the things that perhaps for you is not politically expedient. Let's get back to what's the best for the people instead of for what's the best for me. I appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Conduitforaction.org. That's where you find them at. Make sure you check it out. We've got another hour coming up. Robert Steinbach, legal law professor over at UALR. All right, let's get done with this final hour, but we got some really good information that you're going to want to tap into uh, here this last hour on the Dave Ellswick Show, so don't go anywhere. Stay right here. I mean, if I can be here after having seven teeth pulled, 
a few weeks or a few days ago you can listen while you're driving your car just saying not trying to make you feel bad but you should feel bad for me so <laughs> it's the dave ellswick show glad to have you here robert steinbach is at the other end of the phone hello robert how are you doing today my good friend i am well my friend how are you i'm doing fantastic i'm yesterday you wouldn't have wanted to talk to me but the dentist worked a little bit on my dentures and now i feel fantastic today terrific well you know dave it's always it's always 50 50 whether i want to talk to you in the first place (laughs) (laughs) that's all right you know i can't wait till you're back in the area that's coming up in the near future and i'm looking forward to it me too my friend me too i I look forward to being in in the studio with you yeah it's always it's more fun that way because then when the microphones are off we can really say what we think there you go. <laughs> I think we do a pretty good job of it. Yeah, now, we though. do. We do a pretty good job of it. I, I agree. All right, so you sent me several stories, one of which I really have a lot of interest in because, you know, this whole voter ID thing drives me crazy of when they say it's not constitutional to ask right. people to, to, to prove that they're an American citizen to vote, which in and of itself should... Uh, you know, drive us to ask people to prove who they are so we know that they are a citizen. But so many people now try to figure their way out around laws, especially if it will help their political party hold on to power or gain political power. Well, that's exactly right. I've told the story on your show before when I used to live in Maryland It's got to be 20 years ago or so. And I went in to uh, vote and I pulled out my wallet and pulled out my license as I was online. And uh, or as uh, I think we only see in New York online, everybody else says in line when I was in line and uh, I handed the person my license and she handed it back. She said, we don't need this. Uh, I said, well, how do you know who I am? And she said, you just tell me your name. That can't be right. That cannot be the right way to run a railroad in which (laughs) anybody could just walk in and say, this is who I am. And here's the irony. You know, the leftists say, oh, well, they essentially want full gun registration across the board. Well, you got to be safe and secure, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not against all forms of uh, uh, regulation, right? I don't think you should be able to go out and buy a bazooka. Uh, but they want 100% gun registration, uh, and they want a list of gun owners. But then when they want, uh, when we talk about, well, shouldn't you have a list? Shouldn't you be able to identify? Shouldn't you registered voters? Nope. Nope. That doesn't make any sense. Vote, voting is a constitutional right. Okay. So is gun ownership, by the way. So it's a hypocrisy that drives me bonkers, you know? Well, here's what drives me bonkers. If I want to buy liquor here in this country and I go to the the store, if I happen to look younger uh, than what I am, which I do, I'm I'm 65, I look 35, uh, they, <laughs> they may, you know, they might say, you know, we need you to prove uh, your age. So we have to see a photo ID with your That's date right. of birth on it. Now, which is more important, that I can buy a fifth of booze or just one can of beer or that I can vote 
here in in the greatest nation on earth, and they want to make sure that I'm not circumventing the law and and voting and not be able to vote. I just find that just ultimately the most stupidest law around. It just right, seems exactly. to me if I've got to show that I'm who I am so I can buy a beer, I should have to prove who I am when I want to pull the lever. I had that happen to me uh, when I was last in Little Rock, uh, and I was going over a friend's house, and I was picking up a six-pack of beer to bring to bring along, and uh, I got ID'd, and then after I paid the, the very nice clerk an extra 20 just for giving me the compliment of even suggesting <laughs> that I needed to be ID'd, right? Uh, um uh, it, it was perfectly normal, right? It's perfectly acceptable. But somehow, that what's perfectly normal and acceptable makes absolutely no sense to the leftists. And they say, well, you have a constitutional right to vote. I know. But you know who has a constitutional right to vote? For me, it's Rob Steinbuck. For you, it's Dave Ellswick. Meaning, it's not the guy with the horn-rimmed glasses standing in front of you. That's not what's written down in your book. That's right. Rob Steinbuck is written down in your book. So, yes... Uh, um, there, there needs to be some method to connect that written name with that person who's standing in front of you because, you know, we don't have the barcodes on our arms that can be scanned. So you've got to identify that person. And the fact that the words come out of my mouth and say, I'm Rob Steinbuck, obviously in my situation, uh, would prove to be true. But the effort to lie about that is so de minimis that to enforce the Constitution, to make sure it's not made a mockery of, it's more than reasonable. I think it's expected that you should be required to show something that connects that otherwise unknown face with the name in the book. Well, and the last thing, and this is all I have to say about this, is that typically uh, they come up with seven acceptable forms of identification, and then the, the courts get involved and say, well, a person uh, may not have one of those. And then the government, the state government typically will say at that point, well, if they don't have a driver's license, if they don't have this kind of license, they don't have that kind of license, they don't have a passport, here's what we'll do. If they'll just come down to, you know, the car tag place uh, right. We will give them a, and bring some identification of right. a heating bill or something like that. Exactly. We will give them a free, a free picture right. ID. And then the the judges still say, well, that's not fair because maybe they can't get there. Do you want to know what? If they can't get down and get a get free ID, how in the hell are they living their life? And number two... Uh, why are they even in this country? I'm sorry. I, I just well, ha- I just well, lose well, my patience on well, that. You know, here's the thing. Uh, I, I take your point, but look, uh, I, I will concede that, and this is how the Democrats uh, too often behave. That is, they find one outlier. Uh, and it's and it's policy by outlier. So is there somebody living out uh, on a farm who doesn't drive, et cetera, et cetera? Maybe. But you don't build a policy around that. So I've always suggested, I suggested on your uh, show, in fact, 
that, that when we enact a law, we should put a provision in said, if you are unable to meet any of these standards, uh, call the governor's office and they'll send a cab out, an Uber to come pick you up, <laughs> right? I mean, because it's just such silliness, right? You can't build a whole operation around the one outlying person, uh, and then the best you can do is put in some provision to try to help them out. But as you point out, by the way, this person who apparently is dug in a bunker expecting North Korea to invade somehow can get out enough to vote uh, but can't get out to get an ID. So I'm suspicious, but I will concede the possibility that there is such one person uh, and we can deal with that one person. You don't collapse the whole system of government and the whole reasonableness of asking people for ID. And as you point out, I, I get IDs when, uh, when I, when I want to buy alcohol, when I was younger, of course, to go to the movies, uh, you get ID'd in all sorts of places. Uh, you, you require IDs required to go to the bank. Uh, so all sorts of places you need ID and yet to vote, to vote, uh, the, the extreme leftists want to say, yeah, Never mind. I would just have, I just have a question for him. If I went to buy a gun and said, "Hey, exactly. my name is Val Emmons. I want a gun." Exactly. They're going to ask me for my ID, and if I say I don't have it, is that they then an infringement it. of my rights? Well, you know, your analogy is better than mine. I tried to come up with one earlier uh, regarding guns, and yours is better. Which is, I need an ID to buy a gun. It's required. To buy a gun, I need an ID. It's a constitutional right to own a gun. We don't dispute that. By the way, we on the right don't dispute that you should have an ID to buy a gun. Right. And we also say you should have an ID to vote. So we're consistent. Thank you for, for, for improving my, my weak analogy. <laughs> no problem. And they're not, but it's, I'm serious. It's, you did a better job. And their, and their analogy falls apart because they would, by all means, require us to continue to have an ID to buy a gun, but they don't on the left, on the far left, don't want to require ID to vote. Nope. That is an inconsistent position. And when you see an inconsistency like that, you know people are not principled. They're just arguing on trying to, to get over on the other side. That's the danger. That's dangerous tribalism is what that is. That's not a true belief in a different system. That's tribalism. We don't like you because you're conservative. Right. That's what they're saying there. Right. You know, the bottom line on this, and then we'll take a break. Val Emmons mm-hmm. is here, by the way, Robert, just so you'll know. <laughs> uh, I gathered. You know, when I'm when I listen to these people do this kind of stuff, I think if if a judge upholds or 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 uh, throws out a law because of something specious like that, then yeah. the, the, that your your elected official should uh, impeach those judges. You need to get those kinds of people off the bench, as far as I'm concerned. And we've talked on your show before about the high standard that there is for impeachment. But remember this, Dave, and I mean this sincerely. In Arkansas, judges are elected, meaning when they come up around again, if you think they're doing a lousy job, don't vote for them. And we need the one thing that people don't do much is pay attention to judges' names and what they're doing. And, you know, I've paid compliments to judges that I that. I disagree with, but I think they do a solid job, meaning I, there are things that we can disagree on, and I would have voted this way, and you voted the other way, or decided the other way, uh, and then there are judges that I think 
aren't doing a solid job. And, you know, in the coming years, I actually think you raise an interesting point. You and I and others should talk on your show. We should maybe come up with a scorecard for judges um, and, 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 and judge them fairly, meaning liberal or conservative. And we can say, well, this guy's kind of liberal and this guy's kind of conservative, but also whether they're just doing it right. Uh, and, we, we, you know, we're going to go we're going to do something like that. I think that's a good idea for the future. All right. We'll come back. We've got to get a quick break. Robert Steinbach is our guest for this hour. We've got more things to talk about. We want to talk about what's going on in Arizona. They're, they're, they beat us to it, Robert, but we're going to be right behind them. They've passed the law to protect free speech on campus there. We intend to see that happen in this state as well come next year. Uh, and then I want to talk about these, this University of Louisville suing a former president over misuse of foundation funds. If you've got a FOIA law, how does this stuff even happen? We'll talk exactly. about it when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you. Uh, we've got bottom of the hour news coming up in about six minutes. But with us on the online is Robert Steinbach. Of course, Val Emmons is here with me today in studio. I want to thank her personally for coming in today. Uh, she came in as my backup because, as you know, I've been talking about it. I had uh, oral surgery last week. I had some problems over the weekend with it. Uh, the, the dentist did some great work for me today at 8 o'clock. I haven't had any problem with my dentures all day, but... Just in case, I want to have Val here in case I uh, needed some help, and she said she'd be sure to come. She did. She had my six, and uh, it's always a pleasure to have her on the air, but it's always, for me, a, a good thing to know that I have somebody here that can fill in if you know things go south. Nothing went south today, so I'm nope. good. Thank goodness. I'm good about it. All right, so uh, let's say uh, you like this whole ID thing, uh, Val, and, and you get really... She gets very emotional about it, uh, Robert. So let me just turn it over to her. I just get aggravated sure. because there are seven, like that, the Texas law, there was like seven different ways, like a driver's license, election identification, personal identification card, license to carry a handgun, military identification card, citizenship. Passport. Yeah, passport. And then if you don't have those seven, there's a valid voter registration certificate. A certificate of birth, a current utility bill, a bank statement, government check, paycheck, any other government document that displays your voter's name and address, and then you just have to sign a thing saying that you can't get an ID. It's not that big of a deal. Need to be able to explain why. Right. Right. Because you're you're in you're in very very terrible situation if you don't know how to get an ID. I mean, how do you prove who you are on a daily basis? I think Val is exactly right on this, right? And this is the problem, is that uh, the, the left has started saying, oh, well, we want other forms of ID. Uh, whenever you create a list, the, someone's going to want to add to that list. I'm not saying, by the way, oh, well, that every other option is a bad idea. Maybe there are some other things you could put on the list. But that doesn't make the list that was proposed uh, illegitimate. How about and, your thumbprint? Let's, let's do it by th- vote exactly. by thumbprint. Exactly. You got to cut my finger off and bring it into vote if you want to vote for me. (laughs) Indeed, that was the analogy I was bringing about the uh, the if you had the scan ID tattooed on you, right? Which is we're not there yet. 
So maybe one day we'll be there and everybody's thumbprint will be in the system and they'll scan it before you vote. Then fine, you don't need ID. But as we were all discussing a moment ago, uh, your name is on the rolls. That's the person that gets to vote. We're not trying to hold you back, but we've got to connect this body to that name before someone walks in the voting booth. And, and if it's, it's up to you to be responsible to get out and get you a driver's license. Like, I know somebody right now is Be responsible. Dri- right. Okay, Who's driving around with no tags, no registration, and hadn't had a driver's license in years. And <sighs> he, it's just like, why? Why do you, why not just go get and take care of your business? Because they're lazy and they don't want to. They'd rather do other things that are more fun. Well, as we discussed, whatever the, whatever the reason that a person doesn't have an ID, it's an outlier, and we can deal with the outlier. You don't build a policy around an outlier. Right. I agree. Yep, I know you do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got that one. Let's turn our attention to something that's even better, and that is Arizona. Arizona beat us, I'm sorry to say, Robert, but mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. have a piece of legislation now that says you cannot take away people's First Amendment rights just because they're in college. Oh, this is sweeping across the nation, Dave. As you know, you got a hold of the Minnesota bill, uh, and we took that and we tweaked that, uh, and we have our proposal, which we may tweak again, uh, but we're, we're going to have a, a very powerful proposal to be introduced in the legislature, and it's, it's some version of that is, is going to pass, is my prediction. Uh, and, yeah, good for Arizona. Uh, now, as you know, we have a session only once every two years, so it's hard for us to be uh, on the cutting edge uh, of legislation in an off year. Uh, but we'll get it passed, and, and we'll take names the same way you and I literally took names during the FOIA debates in the last session uh, when we noted who was for the FOIA and who was against the FOIA. And, and we'll take names now. We'll get it passed. And for those few people that vote against it, we'll take names. And that's what we do. It's called politics. It's called transparency. Uh, and I'm not referring to the FOIA. I'm, I'm, I'm referring to votes. And politicians need to stand up and do the right thing. Uh, and if they don't, we're going to call them out again, as we always have. Yeah, it's just... You know, we were talking about uh, this earlier, Val and I was, and uh, I I want to come back and talk to it more, but we've got news coming up just around the corner here. But she said back in 2005, this was already a problem at ASU. And when you think about that, it's, it's gotten nothing but worse during that time. So let's deal with this and why we're going to do through uh, an elected official what we're going to do about freedom of speech here in this state robert i appreciate you holding on we'll be back in a second get a cup of coffee or something or get yourself some irish coffee and we'll be back with you in just a moment but right now let's find out what's going on with the news back with you dave ellswick show tomorrow here on the dave ellswick show there is a story that we will deal with Uh, I've had this information all day today, Uh, wanted to wait until tomorrow to do it because we had a lot of other things that we wanted to cover today, and that deals with uh, the uh, uh, Jan Morgan campaign and this whole thing that's blown up on her about a lottery, a raffle, a choosing, et cetera, et cetera. I'll have that all set up that tomorrow I can go through this 
step by step to show you that you can change the you know change it from raffle to choosing to any other term you want the terminology doesn't make a difference what you're doing is what determines if it's a lottery or raffle or whatever so we'll come back to this tomorrow and i'll uh, i'll give you the all of the uh, specific excuse me the specifics on in fact i might send this all to to robert and have him look at it tonight and he can join me for a few minutes tomorrow and he can talk about sure. it sure and by the way when we talk about that dave let me um let me do something right now give you some breaking news okay i forgot to mention at the top of the show or the top of my uh presence on the show and that is i'm happy to announce sincerely that the records portion of my foil related lawsuit uh, uh we've settled it with the university oh uh, good you know, all Yes, and uh, and I've got to give credit to everybody. I give credit to the university. I give credit to the university council. Uh, there's a, a, the fellow there working on it directly. There's a fellow by the name of David Coran. Uh, I give him credit. I, of course, give my attorney, Chris Corbett, uh, uh, tons of credit. Um, and But I'm very pleased. Now, the whole case isn't settled. There's another portion of the case I'm not going to discuss at this moment. We've discussed it before. I'm just not going to bring it up right now because we're talking happy news. And the records <laughs> portion, I made a request, you know, uh, and there was uh, I didn't get what I was looking for. And we've come to a settlement on that. I've gotten certain material. And I'm very pleased with the outcome. I, and I'm not going to speak for them, but I presume they're pleased with the outcome, too, because in a settlement, everybody's got to be pleased enough. Um, and so uh, I, I'm, you know, confident enough to make that statement uh, regarding them. And uh, I thank everybody involved on both sides. And you, Dave, and your listeners, and this show is the first to get that announcement. It has not been made public uh, until now. Well, I'm glad to hear it. It's been a long time coming. What, three years? Uh, yeah, something like that. Two, three. It's, uh, frankly, I've lost track, but somewhere, really, a long time. It's been a long time. It's called the slog. Well, and you know, one of the reasons that I brought the uh, lawsuit, Dave, and we talked about it on the air, is as a co-author of the treatise on the Freedom of Information Act in Arkansas, uh, I felt uh, obligated to make sure that that law is observed uh, whenever I can. And, uh, you know, I don't want to, like I said, this is a happy day. This is good news. I don't want to get into kind of uh, all of the buildup. But uh, I, I felt it was necessary to bring it. That's perhaps obvious by the fact that I did bring it. And now that claim, that portion of the lawsuit has been settled. Well, I, you know, I, the lawyers are working out the, the paperwork. But as a, as a matter, as a general matter, it's been settled. And uh, that's great. That's great for everybody involved, and it's it's good news, and I and I appreciate all of the support that you and your listeners have provided me during this time. Uh, like I say, there's another portion still going on. I just say that to say I still want your support there, but um, on this portion, uh, it's uh, been resolved, uh, settled, uh, and that's uh, really good news. All right, fantastic. Uh, you make yourself available sometime during the 3 o'clock hour tomorrow, okay? I'll do it. I'll all right, do it. great. Yep. And I forward uh, forwarded to you all the uh, pertinent information and backgrounders that you'll need to look at. Fantastic. Got I'll that taken care of. Okay, so as far as this Arizona law goes, as we're talking about it, it said, uh, while the First Amendment has long limited regulations to the time, place, and manner of speech in public forums, 
Now schools can only exercise that authority to restrict speech if it is, quote, necessary to achieve a compelling governmental interest and is the least restrictive means for doing so. These provisions make it more difficult for colleges to censor free expression on the quad and any other public spaces on campus. This is good stuff. And let me just ask uh, Val to tell you about 2005, and she can great. give you a, a great story about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, they we had in Arkansas State, we had a little spot on campus that we could go if we wanted to have free speech, and that was it. Like just oh, a little goodness. designated spot. To me, well, it's to me, it's like it's like the people that run the campus think that they own it and it's theirs and it's not. It's the it's the taxpayers um, campus, along with the students that go there and their parents who pay for them to go there does not belong to the deans. And that, you know, we we made exactly this point on Dave's show time and time again when we talked about uh, campus carry. And some people would say, well, but the administrators and the deans say they don't want campus carry. But they don't own it. Is, right? We do. Hey, you know, hey, they have a vote, uh, but they have one vote, and they don't own the property. That's right. The public owns the property. And guess who decides what happens on public property? The legislature and the governor. That's right. Not deans. So uh, I just want to echo your apt observation, which is their job is to take care of academic matters, Mm -hmm. non-academic matters. That's not their job. Well, they're not they're not there to also tell you what you can and cannot say, because that is a constitutional violation. Oh, but they think they should be able to tell you what you should or should not think. Right. And I'm here to tell them they're not. Yeah. Because they good. don't own the school. So am I. They think they do. They think that they own the schools, but they do not. And they do not own the Constitution no, of the United States of America. But, you know, Dave, and, I think no, go ahead. I, I think we should uh, the three of us should do a live show one day from one of the university campuses to prove the strength of the First Amendment. Let's go to ASU. I'll go. Let's do it. Yeah, we Let's can go U of A even. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go you to know, what is it? I'm trying to think. Turning is a turning point USA. That's the college kids uh, at ASU this year. They tried to start a chapter there, and they That's were right. so so malaria. Uh, they were told they had to leave the campus. They were not right. allowed to to go out and hand out anything. I'm going to tell you right now. TPUSA chapter because she it. was outside the school's free zone speech. That's correct. Which is a little square. Yeah. It is just a little but square. But the bottom line is this. I predict by July of next year, because that's when new, law, new laws go into effect, is in July, that mm-hmm. that will stop. I think that's right. Look, that's the bill that we are proposing. We're working with various legislators. I don't want to. We're, no, we're going to keep we're go, we, we'll yeah. keep our cards next to our vest on who they That's are because right. I will not allow the other side to start attacking them already. That's right. That's right. But this is a simple, straightforward notion. And as we've talked about, Dave, on your show many times, the liberals should be in agreement. But the problem is that the far left has swallowed up the reasonable left, the, which I'm not a leftist. But there are people on the left who are reasonable, and the far left has swallowed them up so that they truly no longer believe in free speech. And they, want, and they literally say, well, speech is all good and well unless you're offending someone. 
unless you're offending someone. The First Amendment is primarily designed for when you are offending someone. That's why it's there. By the way, just to be clear, that's why I was offended by that comedian's uh, um, jokes at the White House dinner. But guess what? She's got a First Amendment right to say it. What I was more offended by, frankly, is that she wasn't very funny. That's what the right The woman wasn't even, <laughs> even funny. Like, if you're going to tell a joke and it's going to be offensive, make it funny. Well, here's the, but funny. here's the key. There's a difference between humor and attack. And, uh, and mean spirited. And it, yeah, and, and attack means it won't be funny because it becomes personal and yes. personal ad, ho- uh, ad hominem attacks are never ever funny so you guys didn't see any of that as a as a roasting moment no well i did look i here's the thing about a roast i've watched probably every roast uh since dean martin uh for those started uh, 98 (laughs) right it started them and 98 percent of the audience never even heard of him um and the thing about a roast is you gotta be funny otherwise you fall flat and she was not funny again the First Amendment protects unfunny the same way it protects funny. It protects offensive, arguably more than inoffensive, because inoffensive doesn't need protection. So nothing she said was illegal or impermissible. It just wasn't funny. It was in bad taste. And I wouldn't do it. And I wouldn't recommend they do it. And I wouldn't go to the dinner uh, this year or in the future if that's how they're going to run their dinners. And guess uh, what? But, and guess yeah. what has happened now? That will probably be the final one right. of those that's ever held. That's right. It, it, uh, or I've heard both options. Either they're going to stop the dinner entirely or they're going to stop with the comedians uh, because they don't generally get A-lister comedians. And I, I happen to have been familiar with this comedian, and I never thought she was great to begin with. Not terrible, but not great. And I think this was actually a lousy performance of hers. So you take a mediocre comedian, and then you have her do a lousy performance, and what do you get? Not something that's not entertaining, plain and simple. Yeah, well, bottom line, I think that uh, we'll not see that happen any any longer. Because have you ever seen, a, a, for the most part, a conservative ever a comedian put on uh, one of those podiums? Never. No. Never, I absolutely I, I not. Think, I, I actually can't think of one. No, I, uh, yeah, I, that's that's, that's right. the point. You can't think of one because they haven't put one up there. I mean, that's right. you know, I bet you if they had called Dennis Miller, he would have done it. But you know what? They won't do. Who's conservative? That's right. They won't. They won't call conservative comedians. Look, the press association is by far overwhelmingly leftist. Yeah. So, needless to say, they hired a leftist comedian, which you're entitled to do. Yes. Uh, But but you don't get very far when she's not funny. And as most of the press has been saying, this played into conservatives' hands. Yeah. It played into Trump's hands for sure. That's right. That's right. That's right. And it really look, did. They, the, the leftists made their bed. Now they got a lie in it. This was a bad move on their part, uh, and there's really no um, digging out of that hole at this point. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. I want to talk about the University of Louisville and uh, talk about things that are going on as far as as that's concerned. Uh, let's talk about what's going on at Hillcrest because we got something special coming up. And that is uh, the Gemstones of the World. This is a three-day showcase event, May 3rd, 
4th and 5th, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, it will be at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. That's 3000 Cavanaugh. And uh, a special guest will be there, Francie Sanchez Guadavita. Uh, she and her family own uh, Emerald uh, businesses right there on Guadavita Lake. They got the mines there. She was brought up working in the mines, not swinging a pickaxe or something, but learning what you know, real emeralds should look like. Uh, and she's going to be there to talk about them. Gemologists and jewelers on site to help you. Refer- refreshments are going to be served. Eric uh, is going to be there, and he can talk about colored gemstones all day long and not repeat himself. He knows everything there is to know about colored gemstones. So don't miss this. Gemstones of the World, May 3rd, 4th, and 5th, at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, 3000 Cavanaugh, right here in Little Rock. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, the Internet is aflame about the story about Jan Morgan. Uh, we'll try to bring some some credible light onto it, not partisan, all right? It will not be partisan. When we talked about a couple other stories that happened during uh, the campaign up to this point, we have not been partisan about it. We searched things out about the billboard up in Jonesboro, whole nine yards. We'll give you what we think about it tomorrow. And uh, Robert Steinbach is going to be with us uh, probably sometime between 3.35 and 4 o'clock, Robert, just so you know. Sounds good. Sounds right. good. So tell me about this uh, story you sent me from the Chronicle of Higher Education the University of Louisville sues former president over the misuse of foundation funds. Well, exactly. Dave, you've seen in the paper in Arkansas recently stories about the foundation at ASU. Yes. Uh, there have been previously stories uh, regarding the foundation up in Fayetteville. Here's what your listeners uh, need and want to understand. The, the sports departments within Various public universities have set up these private entities, and they've done it for a couple of reasons. These private entities uh, are are then able to give huge paychecks to coaches, which they can't do uh, with public funds because there's salary limits. Okay, so I I, I see where you go in with that, so to speak. Uh, They also facilitate fundraising, but we're going to come back to that because it's a very important point. And they now seemingly, overwhelmingly, are designed to provide universities, uh, particularly in the athletics areas, but not only, cover from the FOIA, from the Freedom of Information Act. So schools are, some schools are trying to outsource a bunch of what they do and it's public things that they're doing, running the university and its departments, including the athletic departments, and they want to outsource it to this so-called private organization, by the way, that they essentially set up and, in ASU's case, put on campus, hired the, the head of, pay the head of with public funds, direct public donations into the private foundation, and then often direct actions of the private foundation and don't charge it any rent. But but wait, 
But wait, there's more. <laughs> and what's more, Dave, is that they go on to say, but we don't know them. Who? The found, the found what? The foundation? Who are those guys? We don't have anything to do with them, and they're private, and we and any mm-hmm. documents of theirs that we have, well, we, we, we can't turn them over. We're not allowed to turn them over. Wrong. And, they, and they're not allowed to, they don't have to turn them over because they're a private organization. Wrong. Uh, and we're totally separate from what they are because uh, we do our thing and they do their thing. Wrong. And so these foundations have turned into, unfortunately, easy ways in which certain administrators at various universities across this country have used to hide behavior. Yeah, try. Hide spending money. Been doing it for years. Yeah, for years. For years. And so it's a real problem, and we need to bring an end to it uh, in a variety of ways. Because as I've always said, transparency is the check on government that the citizens have. So you might say, for example, well, we don't have a FOIA that applies to Walmart. No, because Walmart's A, a private organization, but B, they have a profit motive. So if something hinky is going down in Walmart, they're going to start losing money. And who's going to make noise? Shareholders. And they're going to straighten them out. Well, who are the shareholders in the public uh, entities? Voters citizens and there is no profit motive in public entities so what's the alternative freedom of information acts and other forms of transparency that's why these issues are so desperately important and that's why we have to be vigilant every day to ensure that the uh, the the hanky panky that goes on with foundations comes to an end and we restore transparencies transparency across this nation to public universities yeah it's you know, and I bet you they found this out, out excuse me, dealing with, uh, you know, uh, a FOIA request. What do you think? Could be. Could be. I don't recall the facts of this situation, but I do recall that article of a couple of weeks or so back in the Dem Gaz, and then I wrote an uh, op-ed uh, editorial-type uh, piece thereafter saying what what is going on in ASU, it, it, it ain't right, Dave. Let's let's put it in plain old English. It ain't right, and it's got to be made right. Well, if it quacks like a duck, waddles like a duck, there you it know, is. it is a duck. You know, it's bottom there line. It or if I like to say, you know, if it smokes like a pile, it smells like a pile, you step in it, and it really stinks, it probably is a pile. Exactly. We call that Shinola, baby. That's exactly right. By the way, Robert Steinbach uh, is from the Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone and do not reflect that of the Bowen School of Law or UALR. I will talk to you tomorrow uh, sometime between uh, 3.35 and 4 o'clock, and we'll talk about Jan Morgan's campaign. And is it a lottery or not a lottery? Can you call it a, ta- you know, a a choosing and it still and it not be uh you know be a lottery because of semantics when i've looked at the law looks like to me if it if it looks like a lottery if it acts like a lottery usually it's a lottery i'm just curious why no one like did that like you're supposed to go to the secretary of state anyway and register if you're going to have a raffle so they would have told you but it's not a raffle see they didn't believe it was a raffle so they probably didn't even go to the Secretary of State. Uh, 
That would be my thoughts on Man, that. Man, I hate that. We got a plenty of the things to talk about tomorrow. Don't forget, right out of the box, we're going to have Dr. Ben Carson with us to talk about HUD here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Until then, have a great evening. Robert, you have a great evening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless. Talk to you later. Robert Bye, Steinbach. Robert. Val, thank you. No problem. Appreciate you coming by and having my back. No problem. I will see see you again unless I need you for something else. Well, if you need Thursday. me to come tomorrow, I will be here. All right. Thursday, we'll be back together again in the studio. Until then, everybody, until tomorrow at 2, good night. See you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.